This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right. Happy Friday, everyone. What's going on? Beautiful day here in the peg. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you for the next couple hours. Finishing it off with the world-famous WST Marble Race. Be sure to stick around live on YouTube for the end of the program. Uh, but we got a banger today. Um, Ken Weeb is going to join us. Been waiting to wrap the season with Weber, who we actually spoke to last Thursday, not as usual Friday. So it'll be the first time Ken's been on since Game 5. Rick Bonus's comments as well as that wild weekend down at Canada Life Centre. So uh, sort of a season wrap-up with Weber to finish up the season wrap-up week here on WST and a look ahead to the off-season. We're also, speaking of wrapping things up, going to wrap up our Unsung Hero program with our friends at Wallace & Wallace and the Dream Factory and welcome in Dream Factory Ambassador and NHL All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey coming off his career year. Really looking forward to that. We'll have Josh in the first hour of the program. Ken, after that, we'll also begin our weekly connect with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. General Manager Andrew Collier will give us a little bit of an update on how the first couple days of camp went, what the squad's looking like, as well as what we can look forward to seeing food and drink-wise at the ballpark coming up this year. And it is Derby weekend. The Kentucky Derby first run of the Triple Crown goes on Saturday so Kirk Contois from Assiniboia Downs is going to jump on. I'm sure you can fill us in as well on just how busy things are around the track as they get ready for opening day on March 20th or May 22nd. Uh, but we'll focus in on tomorrow's race, which should go around 6 p.m. Winnipeg time. Um, we've got to get to playoffs. Massive signing by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that was uh, celebrated heavily by Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans yesterday since we've been off the air. So uh, we got a lot to get to heading into the weekend. Great to have you all with us. If you're new, you're finding us. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that red subscribe button and definitely hit that thumbs up if you wouldn't mind on the YouTube channel and uh, let us help spread the Winnipeg Sports Talk content around the internet. And of course, if you're finding us on YouTube, you can always get us every day on audio podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, just search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit subscribe. Um, all right, just before we bring in Reem, got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Gold Eyes, ASD, Modern Man, Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vida Health, Fresh Market, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Little Brown Jug, our betting partner over at Cool Bet Canada. And of course, we will get to a why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Uh, let's get to it. Welcome in Michael Remus to the show. What's going on, Reem? I'm feeling good. Us Friday weekend's coming up, but also this weather. I know we're going to talk some ball. And some Assiniboia Downs racing, well, Kentucky Derby, but also talking about what's coming up at the Downs, too. So it's feeling like, feeling a bit like summer. I'm putting on, I don't know, I put on the AC the last uh, couple of days just for a bit. Man, I don't know. It's, I'm starting to feel good, Huss. Well, you even, you even got the winter tires off this morning as well. I got, I had a lot of stuff going on at the house. Yeah, I got, got the winter tires off. I'm ready. Got my car cleaned. First, like, good clean that I've had in, like, a couple years. 
So I'm I'm set here. I'm ready to drive down Corden with the windows rolled down, blasting like the most annoying music possible. <laughs> well, uh, I can't wait to see that. That'll be uh, well. You certainly won't be the only one. As someone that's lived on that street for a long time, mm -hmm. you're definitely not the only one. But uh, listen, just the fact that it's nice outside, got the patios. I'm sure Bar I'll be packed this afternoon, heading into the weekend, uh, and lots to get to. I mean, of course, it's off season time for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we've sort of been focusing on that aftermath of the weekend. Ken Weeb will join us, as I mentioned, off the top a little bit later on in the program. And uh, looking forward to catching up with Josh Morrissey um, on his season, as well as a look ahead to the offseason and next year, as well as his work with Dream Factory and uh, our Unsung Hero program, which he was so uh, nice to be a part of this year. But unfortunately, Reem, uh, the one thing we can tell you right off the bat is the dreams of J-Mo being J-No this year not happening as uh, the Norris Trophy finalists were announced yesterday evening and uh, Josh Morrissey wasn't one of the top three. Eric Carlson we knew was going to be there based on the incredible offensive numbers that he put up. Uh, Adam Fox also got a nod as a Norris finalist being a former winner and another former winner, Kale McCarr, despite only playing 60 games, was the third finalist. So um, I know I think most people didn't think that Josh would probably win the award, especially with the historic offensive season that Eric Carlson had. But I will say I was disappointed not to hear our guy not get a nod as at least one of the top three in the league, considering the amazing season that he had. Yeah, did they forget that Winnipeg had a team uh, second among defensemen and points, tied for second with Quinn Hughes? Josh had an amazing season. Uh, he set franchise records for points by defensemen. Um, he had a great year, and I we thought you know early on that he would get some recognition. Maybe the Jets' second half slide uh, impacted part of that. But um, look, I don't think it takes away that he had a great season. And you know, disappointing that we're not. I don't think we're going to have a Jet at. Well, we're waiting for Vesna nominees, right? Because you know we're going to the yep. year. In like October, it's funny, in like November, mm -hmm. December, we're like, man, Jets could have like three guys at uh, at the awards show, like uh, Calder, Perfetti, he got injured, uh, Morrissey for the Norris, Bonus, Coach of the Year, Hellbuck, Vesna. They may not have, have any there, I, although I think has, Hellbuck might get some votes, right? He could be a finalist. Yeah, no, Hellbuck definitely could be. Um, we'll see. I mean, potentially Bones could be. Although, I mean, here's the the thing about that swoon, that extended swoon in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. I think that loss of momentum really cost a number of the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to some of the individual awards. It certainly cost the team when it came to uh, you know where they were and obviously having to pull themselves off the mat late in the season and get into the playoffs in game number eighty one. Um, but, you know, team success is a big, big part of it. Certainly when you're thinking about something like Coach of the Year. But, yeah, for Bones, um, we'll see. For Connor Hellebuck, we will see. Cole Perfetti wasn't going to be part of the rookie conversation because of how much time that he missed. Um, but I still thought that despite the uh, the swoon in the second half of the year that Josh, you know, would have been a worthy finalist for Norris Trophy consideration. Uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up in the top five, but not in the top three. Um, and, you know, it comes down to Eric. I think this is just going to go to Eric Carlson. I mean, I'm not sure that we really need to spend too much time on it. He had a historic offensive season. Um, still ended up at minus six on a team that stunk. 
but this is an individual award. Offense is, uh, has always traditionally been maybe more heavily weighted as to defensive prowess and acumen. Um, and that's why Eric Carlson is the, uh, the heavy favorite for the award. And that, in a lot of ways, is San Jose's Stanley Cup. We all remember how in Winnipeg, the way they celebrated when Carlson got his 100th point in the season. That was basically the one goal that that team had going down the stretch was to get Eric a triple-digit number in the point section. And, uh, you know, credit to him for doing it. But I'll tell you what, with a game on the line, I'm not sure how many coaches would rather have Eric Carlson than maybe some of the other guys that are up for the award or even in consideration that weren't finalists. Yeah, the other finals, Kale McCarr. I see people in chat very upset. He only played 60 games. That's uh, amazing. You can get nominated for a defense, you know, Norris Trophy playing, what, two? Yeah. Reputation. Like, That's a reputation nomination. Yeah. Hey, part of it's being on the on the ice. How about Josh? Played 78 games. Ha, take that one, Kale McCarr. Got you beat there. So uh, we'll see. The awards, they're in Nashville this year, uh, the Monday uh, before the draft. So it's a busy week there in Music City. Well, that's something that uh, we're working on behind the scenes to make happen. So I'm uh, not sure whether we'll be there for the awards on the Monday, but I'm um, certainly looking to uh, hopefully take part in the festivities for what's going to be a big, big week for the Winnipeg Jets, both with selections and depending on what happens, um, potentially some player moves or at least moves leading into the draft that might change the Jets situation when it comes to uh, what's happening uh what happens you know, when everyone hits the podium. Um, we'll spend a lot more time on the Jets, and we'll get to the Stanley Cup playoffs in a minute, Reem, but we got to get to the big news out of Bomberland yesterday, just after we went off the air with our live show on YouTube. The Lucha is back. Sergio Castillo, the uh, kicker that was so prominent in the Bombers' 2021 Grey Cup Championship, who played last year with the Edmonton Elks, was surprisingly released by the Elks, um, not willing to take a pay cut, apparently. He was let go yesterday afternoon, and within about an hour, the Bombers were inking the guy that was uh, so popular at the 2021 Grey Cup celebration in the poncho and the lucha mask to come back and kick field goals for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, I can't remember a signing, certainly a special team signing, that has been so, well, basically since the Bombers got Justin Medlock. Uh, it sort of felt like Medlock-like uh, with how fired up Bomber fans were yesterday. Everyone knew that this team was stacked, was looking to make another run and get back to the Grey Cup and win it for the third time in four seasons. Kicking has been an issue. It was an issue in the Grey Cup. We talked about the amount of punters and kickers that were rumored to be in the mix to challenge Mark Leggio, but uh, I think we can pretty much say that Castillo is going to be the guy uh, now that he's got a contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and uh, all systems go on training camp coming up in less than two weeks. Yeah, it happened really quickly. He got released by Edmonton and then Jeff, I think Jeff posted like right after Hamilton said, you know, the Bombers have actually been trying to trade for Castillo for a while and let's see what happens here. And then the Bombers sent out the release that they had signed him. And I agree. I mean, remember the fanfare for Medlock. He was the top kicker, one of the top kickers like ever. And the Bombers signed him, and we saw what he meant to the team, uh, you know, winning uh, winning the first Grey Cup. And, you know, he's now retired from professional football. And Sergio, I mean, bringing everyone back, that's called running it back, Huss. And I joke with you, like, now that they got Sergio back, well, first of all, everyone in chat is going to stop asking us every day about the Bombers 
kicking situation because that came out uh, pretty frequently. So I think that's been settled. But I think we got to start scheduling our our trip now to to the Grey Cup, right? Sorry, book your hotels. Book your hotels yeah. right now. <laughs> um, and Troy Westwood did put out the. Troy Westwood Memorial Kicker Rankings, which I saw on Twitter. Troy Westwood. No, DT. Is... Those are DTs. Sorry. Troy Westwood Memorial. Who did I Memorial... say? I said Troy put those rankings. Yeah, Westwood. Up? Yeah. Westwood was a little rattled that yeah. he's being referred to in anything that they're, that, put it this way, that Memorial is being tagged to his name, especially for Westy, who is not even retired as a professional kicker, as we've discussed so, many times on this program. Yeah, so he calculated... Um, I guess, expected points based on the field goals. And he had Castillo as fourth best kicker in the league based on points above expected. And I think people were looking at his, um, like his percentage, because his, you know, convert percentage wasn't that much better than Legio's during the year. But if you look, I mean, he's trusted to, they trusted him. He had the longest average yards per attempt among all the kickers uh, last year in these rankings that DT put together. So I we I mean we know what Sergio is yeah. and how great he could be and some would say he should have been the MVP of that Grey Cup, uh, the second one that they won. So uh, this is exciting, us. We don't have to. I'm sure the Bombers are are pretty happy to have him under contract. They are as well. And if you can grab that that picture that I tweeted out yesterday, because the second that I heard that Castillo was coming back, it immediately reminded me of that memorable party at IG Field, right? I think before we went into another bloody COVID lockdown, uh, coincidentally. But uh, as the Bombers celebrated that championship, and of course, there was Sergio Castilla, the Lucha Libra with the poncho, with the Lucha Libra wrestling mask, and rolling around with the championship belt. And as uh, Joey Pank said in the comments, nobody celebrated that Grey Cup harder than Sergio. So, um, I mean, just another bit of great news for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers heading into training camp in an upcoming season where expectations are high as the bar has been set so high by this organization over the last number of years. Oh, yeah. So that's, I think, big signing for the Bombers. You know, you don't get people so fired up about a kicker signing, but I posted that on Facebook, and it got a ton of likes and shares. Um, you know, there were some some losses where they last year were, what was there, two losses, three? I forget what it was, but um, where, you know, you're, you're short on the field goals, and it can definitely cost you. So you need to have a reliable kicker, and Sergio, definitely that. Well, uh, listen, the Bombers ended up being, what, 16-4 and four on the season, and I think you can definitely argue that with uh, a little bit better from that position, they were 18-2 and two for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, hey, it's a tough business. Uh, that is a tough job with a ton of pressure packed into it. Uh, Castillo has done it in the NFL, in the XFL, in the Canadian Football League. And it was a guy that, you know, the Bombers went out and acquired to fill what was a problem spot. And he came through for them. Huge, huge ad for the blue and gold with uh, Castillo coming back, as announced yesterday. Um, As far as everything going in the Stanley Cup Finals, Reem, the Leafs are on the ropes. I know there's a lot of people in chat that get triggered when, you know, the Leafs are mentioned. Um, 
but they're probably not as triggered right now. They're probably loving it. They probably want us to talk about it for the next half hour. <laughs> Funny how things change when things don't go well for uh, for the old buds. But, um, I mean, what can you say about the Florida Panthers? Um, getting it done again last night, falling down 2 nothing early. Bob gave up, what, two shots, uh, two goals in the first six shots. And after that, it was Vesna Bob again. Um, he was brilliant. I mean, it wasn't like the Leafs played terribly, but um, man, this Florida Panthers team is on a roll right now. They've got all the momentum now. Won five straight games after falling down three-one in their series against Boston, and the Maple Leafs are in a serious predicament, losing the first two games at home, heading down to South Florida for games on the weekend. Yeah, uh, Leafs played a pretty good game. Can't beat Bob and. You know, self-inflicted wounds, Hustler, uh, which we've talked a lot about with the Jets, but it was the Maple Leafs, what, Nylander making a giveaway in the neutral zone, Matthews as well, and Florida comes in and puts it in the back of the net, and uh, Bob, I'm looking at Money Puck's numbers, 2.12, goals saved, above expected, and uh, Samsonov was minus, what, 0.4, goals saved, above expected, so goaltending has been the difference. Toronto has, they've Hey, they've got a lot of chances, but Bob is making save after save. And it was Samsonov saying that he doesn't give an F about uh, how yeah. Bob has played. So I think the Maple Leafs, so they're fired up. Uh, you know, you know, they're getting kind of frustrated, I think. But the other thing coming out of the game was Sam Bennett. I don't know what this guy is doing on the ice if he thinks he's in a UFC match or a hockey game. Uh, story, what, he headlocked? No, and WWE. WWE no holds barred match anything goes like grabbed Matthew Nyes by the neck and just hauled him to the ground and now Matthew Nyes is out for the series they announced that today he's gonna miss games three and four in the rest of the series and then he crossed the rest of the series as well I heard games three and four oh, I just sorry. thought you were assuming that the rest of the series was only gonna oh. have two more games <laughs> um uh, sorry, Sheldon Keefe said he's unlikely to return for the series maybe Sheldon Keefe also thinking it's only yeah. going three and four games <laughs> But, um, yeah, and then he cross-checked Michael Bunting and player safety putting out today that he got fined the maximum allowable by the CBA, Sam Bennett, 5K fine for oh, the cross-check. Gonna, what a hit. They didn't what talk a hit about, in the pocketbook. They didn't talk about the takedown of Matthew Nyes where he's injured and now he has to miss. I don't know if that hearing is coming out later or what, but I, I did remember Josh Morrissey got suspended for a game for cross-checking Eric Stahl in the neck. I don't know why... Uh, Sam Bennett and then didn't you tweet that out earlier today I mean it, yeah. the Morrissey cross check was a 5 or a 6 compared to an 8 or a 9 for Bennett yes. like the Bennett one was far more violent and he got the guy down he was down on the ground and once he realized that the ref's arm was up figured he was going to get his 2 minutes and then plowed another cross check into his back sending it down I mean, the stuff that they let go is, um, <clears throat> it, it boggles the mind at times. Um, and, and then this business at, you know, with the, with the takedown and, uh, it was sort of like a modified choke slam at the end mm -hmm. with the way that he kind of drove him into the ground. And Matthew Kachuk was asked if he thought that Bennett would be hearing from player safety about that incident. And Kachuk laughed and said, no, and he was right. Um, ah, they're going to send an invoice their way. Uh, there's just no consistency on that. As I say, that cross-check that Bennett did yesterday was way worse than the one that Morrissey did on Eric Stahl back in that Minnesota series a few years back. But um, 
Again, there's no rhyme or reason other than the Jets usually end up on the wrong side of it when it has to do with one of their players or something that's happened to one of their players. See Hartman Ryan from the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I'm watching the replay. Bennett cross checks, uh, bunting in the back of the neck, and then gets him on the back when he's down. And the takedown of Nyes. Like I don't know why these guys aren't going and doing MMA moves all the time because you're not. Nothing's going to happen to you. Just go take a guy out and injure him. Like why even try to play hockey, hustler? Yeah, rook of the year in chat. You know what? It was a rock bottom. That that was a that's the best way to uh, to describe it. That was a was a, a perfect facsimile. It was a rock of, bottom of the rock. It was rocks. Yes, I, I agree. Gave him a rock bottom, hundred percent. It's gross. You think that you know since the NHL loves Toronto, wants the Leafs to win, they would have given him a big mm. suspension because it was on. Like, aren't Leafs fans as angry as Habs fans were for the uh, Shifley hit on Jake Evans? I'm I'm that's why I'm kind of confused, Hassler. They're uh they're certainly hot online right now. Thinks that that everyone's out to get them right now. I guess that's part of being a fan. You're never really too pleased with uh, your own personal treatment. Uh, you think your team's treated poorly, and uh, others are not as soft or other or softly. Um, but I kind of get the anger coming out of the Leafs nations today, considering what happened, especially with them being down to nothing. Maybe just maybe. Paul Maurice's mind games are working with uh, with NHL player safety and the referees right now. Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go for podcast <laughs> listeners. Rio's doing the uh, doing the Paul Maurice. I think it was three one yesterday. It was three one. Reminding reminding the referees what the uh, what the penalties have been. Listen, there's a lot of love for Maurice right now in the chat. I see, uh, you know, uh, a, a number of folks saying, uh, you know, they're cheering for him and go Pomo. Um, and listen, I got a lot of time for it. I mean, do I think that maybe Maurice's time here was too long? Yeah, but I guess he would agree as well because of the way that he left, and that maybe isn't necessarily on him. Um, but he was an incredibly entertaining guy to have here, and I think did a lot of great things for the Winnipeg Jets. It didn't end in a great way, but now that there's been a little bit of time, and I think we see what Maurice is doing right now, uh, considering the challenges he had this season. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Maurice getting fired. What an abject failure that coaching change was. That team was going to miss the playoffs. They found a way to get in right at the end, um, but now they're playing their best hockey of the year. Bob has remembered that he's a guy that, you know, won a couple Vesna trophies and is playing like it, and they're getting the wins. But I will say this, and, I, I you know, we all remember Maurice and his time, you know, at the at the podium here in Winnipeg. There is not a coach in the league that loves the camera and loves the microphone more than Paul Maurice when things are going well. When things are not going well, uh, you know, probably doesn't have as much time for it. But right now, he is living his best life up to nothing with two wins in Toronto against a team that he used to coach and got fired from. Uh, it's the center of the hockey universe. All the lights are on these games. And Maurice, in a lot of ways, is having the last laugh. And, you know, we always hear how much coaches hate the uh, the in-game interviews on the bench. <laughs> Not Paul Maurice. Uh, I watched the game on the TBS feed last night. And I'm not sure I've ever seen someone have more fun with an in-game interview than Maurice did. It was with Darren Pang. He had plenty of time for him. He finished it up with a big smile on his face and putting his arm around her and I, I, around Darren. And 
I just had to laugh because he is a guy that, you know, has done done wonders in the media and I think tries to utilize and weaponize the media at times. Um, and Remo, it's pretty obvious that he's loving every second of this and uh, is maxing out on Pomo camera time right now as his uh, Florida Panthers have a 2 nothing lead against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I've seen some mixed reaction here in the chat. Some people want to cheer for Pomo. They love. I'm I'm thinking, you know, we're pretty close to him, like li- possibly lifting the Stanley Cup, and I'm here for that. And then some people in chat are like, you know, he kind of helped create this culture that the Winnipeg Jets that haven't been able to get, um, you know, get past the first round. Um, so I think, and then people think, hey, you know, he also did walk out on the Jets, but. Maybe you can see why after Rick Bonus's outburst after game five. But he was the coach here for a long time. I think you're going to have that attachment to him. So, yeah, I think it would be great to see him lift the Stanley Cup with Florida. I don't know if it's going to happen, but they're up 2 nothing in the second round. They're, they're, I mean, it's pretty great. They had a lot of injuries. Sorry, they had a lot of injuries at the beginning of the year. Barkov out for a while, and you know, we kind of had some laughs at uh, his post-game press conferences uh, playing the hits as we like to say, but it's going well for them. Matthew Kachuk's making an impact. We saw Sam Bennett uh, yesterday. And, of course, I mean, some people say, show me a good coach and I'll show you a good goaltender. And uh, Sergei Bobrovsky is playing lights out here the last couple of games. You know, uh, Jeff Bowes in chat, Maurice is a very smart guy with a big ego, but it's fun to watch. I Yeah, I think that is pretty – listen, he's a guy – he's a smart guy. He'll come in and let everyone know – in as many ways that he's the smartest guy in the room. And I mean, we could go through the best and the greatest hits of Maurice here. I mean, uh, you know, with, um, I mean, some of the most memorable press conferences that we've ever had, uh, we, you know, Jeff, obviously remembering earlier the infamous, I'll make, I can make you cry in there. Um, maybe nothing quite to the extent that we got from bones, the unvarnished honesty. I don't think Maurice was very honest at times. Um, but listen, he was entertaining and, uh, listen, it was here for a long, long time. Um, probably, well, far longer than most NHL coaches stay. And he himself thought that it was uh, it was overdue to leave and left in a an unfortunate way. Um, but I think now that there has been some time for a lot of people, um, you know, you move on, you think of the positives of what Maurice, Maurice did while he was here. And, uh, hey, this is the guy that's worked his entire life as an NHL head coach, has not won the cup right now, and seemingly has a pretty good chance to do it based on what we've seen so far in the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The uh, Panthers up to nothing heading home. They are in a great spot right now. The Kraken weren't as lucky though, Remo. Um S- Seattle, I mean, had an opportunity to do the same thing and that would be head back to their home rink up to nothing. But it was the Dallas Stars that got it done last night with a 4-2 victory. Joe Pavelski scoring again five goals in two games right now in the series. Tyler Sagan putting it away in the uh, in the third period, and um, we got a series now, as expected. Uh, I really did think that Dallas was going to bounce back. I wasn't sure about last night's game between the Leafs and and Panthers, um, but Dallas in a good spot right now, and they'll need to continue the way they played last night when they get to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Jake Gottinger uh, on the money. That was a very un-Dallas-like uh, game there. That was a four, four, yeah, four. Three goals in a minute. Yeah, it was 
That's too much. So uh, stars, you know, out shooting, uh, out shooting the Kraken. They're getting the goaltending. Uh, Wyatt Johnson opening the scoring. I, I really like their depth. Dadunov as well. I mean, it helps when you have your third line guys uh, contributing. And as you said, Joe Pavelski is back and doing what he does: put pucks in the net from in, in tight. So uh, shout out to the Dallas Stars. I think, man, I, watch out for Dallas. I think they're they're pretty equipped here to possibly win and that's not something I would have said before the playoffs it definitely helps now that Colorado's out and we'll see what happens with Vegas and Edmonton in game two before we uh, jump to start jumping to more conclusions yeah just one game tonight Devils and Carolina Hurricanes Canes up one nothing in that series uh, all right we'll talk more about this the playoffs and of course the Jets with Ken Weave coming up uh, but Josh Morrissey joining us in just a minute uh, before we get to that do have to remind you that uh, we got a big, big day coming up on Sunday over at the newest Modern Man Barbershops on Pemina Highway. Modern Man, with eight locations in Winnipeg, is hosting a grand opening event Sunday, May 7th at the new Pemina location just by Bishop Grandin from 12 to 5 p.m. Receive a haircut for 9 bucks with proceeds to Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. And the first 100 people will get free lunch from the Jeepney food truck. As you can see, for those of you looking on YouTube, I'm in desperate need of uh, a little helmet reduction. And uh, I'm going to head over there in the first hour for sure and hang out. And I think get a cut as well. If you want more information on it, go to at Modern Man Barbershops for more info. And you can book your look online for any of the Modern Man's at modernmanbarber.com. Uh, we got some beautiful weather right now. Everyone's thinking of summer. Why don't you make 2023 the year you take the plunge? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. The Aquatech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And whole home renovations start with Aquatech. Aquatech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. And uh, while we get ready for summer, our friends at Manitoba Battery are celebrating their 10th birthday with great sales for everyone getting ready for the new seasons. This time, they're blowing out golf cart batteries. Whether you're using your cart to check out our beautiful Manitoba courses or rip around from friend to friend at your summer getaway. Six-volt golf cart batteries are now $167. Eight-volt golf cart batteries are $177. Those prices include free delivery anywhere within the city limits. And when you return your cores to Manitoba Battery, you'll receive another $17.50 off what's already the lowest price in Manitoba for golf cart batteries. Get your batteries now so you can be ready for May long and summer fun. The sale is on right now until May 6th. For more information, go to manitobabattery.com. And uh, big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. Big weekend coming up. Maybe you're going to pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Marts on a Friday evening. We'll make sure to check out Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club. And if you haven't tried it already, check out the Canadian Club and Ginger Ale pre-mixed cocktails. Now available in 473 milliliter cans, not just at Liquor Marts, but also at beer vendors. And we're counting down the days till we're going to enjoy a few CC and gingers at IG Field watching the blue and gold. All right, coming up right now, a very special guest, Jet defenseman Josh Morrissey, of course, who is a big part of our Unsung Hero program with our friends at Wallace & Wallace. Josh joins us now to uh, recap the season, look ahead to the offseason, 
as well as allow us to thank him for participating in the Unsung Hero program. Josh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, how are you and how are you feeling? Uh, thanks for having me, of course. Uh, feeling better. Um, obviously, it's a disappointing into the season for myself personally and, and the team, but uh, I'm just rehabbing now and uh, trying to um, do what I can to, to get back to 100%, uh, which I have no doubt in my mind um, I will soon and uh, get back to training and ready for, you know, be ready to try to even improve next year. You know, well, I mean, without getting too much into it as far as the injury, but I, I do wonder, I mean, when something like this happens right at the end of the year, how much is that uh, or does it all change um, training and your plan for um, your routine going through the summer to get ready for next season? Yeah, I mean, fortunately, it won't probably change too, too much uh, with the uh, with the injury. Um, my timeline, as I said, kind of my press uh, conference at the end of the year uh, was sort of four to six weeks. So, um, you know, that would have had me maybe back for the conference finals uh, if we were pushing it. So usually after the season, I mean, depending on um, how far we go or whatever, I'll take uh, usually couple weeks off of you know, most things doing anything so I guess the changes I'm rehabbing in that time a little bit uh and then usually the next sort of three four weeks are just you know trying to get get the body back to sort of neutral if you will and get healthy and you know there's a lot of wear and tear during the year so just uh whether that's you know some some physio stuff or nutrition or just trying to get back to kind of a clean slate before I start getting into the real training again so it really won't change too much, um, but uh, just a little bit more rehabbing. And from what I've been told and the nature of my injury, um, you know, I'll be basically good to go uh, when I start training. So it's unfortunate in the sense that it happened when it did and then wasn't able to play in the playoffs. Uh, that was uh, obviously crushing for me. But um, from a, I guess, recovery standpoint and offseason standpoint, it, it won't affect that too much. Um, Josh, looking back at the season overall, from a, a personal standpoint, I mean, this was a career year, um, 16 goals, 60 assists, 76 points. Um, I, I know it was so disappointing to get knocked out of the series and have the team knocked out in the first round. Um, but I'm not sure we're a little bit more removed from it. I mean, uh, have you been able to look back and, um, kind of take it all in about, um, you know, the huge step that you made as a, a top defender in the National Hockey League last year? Uh, it's, I mean, it's, I appreciate that. First of all, uh, it's been, uh, kind of a quick ending, um, since the year finished. Uh, so I haven't had a ton of time to, I guess, reflect on the season. Um, obviously, I, uh, I was really excited about, the the steps that I took in my game and the opportunity, uh, that I was given this year. I mean, um, uh, I think that I was able to, 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 yeah, I, well, first of all, I worked hard last off season and, um, it was nice to see a lot of those things kind of come to fruition in the regular season for me. But um, I think there's a lot of things that on my mind I can improve on. And that's what excites me about the game in general. What's always kind of pushed me forward. And definitely what is exciting for me right now is that I feel there's a bunch of things that I can, can get better at and, and work on offensively, defensively. I think I can still uh, work on um, you know, some, some things physically to, to, you know, just improve my performance as well. So that's the exciting part for me. I haven't 
had too much time to reflect, but definitely, um, individually happy about the, the growth I took in my game. And, you know, as I've been saying all year, you know, the stats and the points and stuff like that are, you know, function of playing with great players and being, you know, given opportunities, uh, you know, to be in situations that produce and, and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have those, I guess, improvements in my game, but, um, wouldn't happen team and, and uh, my teammates in the opportunity. So it was great year overall and want to continue to build off that. You know, we all remember, excuse me, Bones talking about the conversation that he had with you afterwards and saying how uh, you were such a focus when he was on the other side and um, that, you know, he believes that you can be, you know, one of the top defensemen in the league. And that's certainly that prophecy came through. I mean, whether it was coaching or particular teammates, um, was there any real key influence on you that helped you? Or, or was there just a certain point in time where you started feeling like you were playing at a much different level that translated certainly offensively into a, I mean, a season that doubled your previous point total as an NHLer. Yeah, I think I always felt that I had more, um, more levels to, to get to just as, as I do now, um, you know, and, and that might not necessarily be just related to points in the future. Obviously, uh, you know, I want to continue to, um, be a, a real threat offensively, but there's things all over the ice. I think I can improve on and, um, just in all areas of the game. So, um, I think last year, uh, you know, bones challenged me sort of in the off season, as you mentioned, and I think it pushed me, uh, like I said, I had a, a long off season last year without the playoffs, unfortunately, but I really, uh, skated earlier than I sort of ever had before skated a ton, um, with Scheif in the summer here. And, um, you know, so I think that really helped, but there was kind of a couple games into the season where, uh, Bones and, and Arnie kind of pulled me aside and showed me a couple clips where, um, you know, I made a, a fine play. It was, you know, not a bad play by any means, but, um, you know, they just said, we think you can do more here and, uh, with your skating or, um, on those particular plays and, and, uh, you know, we, we want you to do that. So I guess I had sort of never had that, uh, encouragement to sort of try to do more in the game. That's not really my nature. Um, I, I think it's more to, you know, try to make the, the smart play. So I think that pushed me forward. And then after that, um, you know, I guess you have some success and your confidence starts to grow, but, and I've always felt this way and, say going back in my media interviews and stuff like that through my entire career you know I've always just tried to work on my game tried to get better and it's nice to see that that happened this year I work with Adam Motes and uh, the off season as well and uh, I think you know for a few years that's that's really helped my game as well Josh Morrissey the Winnipeg Jets with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk from a team perspective Josh uh, I mean, I think if you if you said to most fans at the start of the season that uh, that what the record would be in making the playoffs certainly would have taken it considering last year. There were some real highs. There was a great start. There was also some lows in the second half of the season. Um, when you look back, how, like now that you're a little bit removed from the season and obviously the playoffs, but um, how will you look back at last season for the Winnipeg Jets? Well, I think there was a lot of growth. I mean, we were sitting here a year ago, um, missing the playoffs. Obviously, there was uh, a lot of question marks about our team, and um, 
you know, I felt it, uh, although we had our ups and downs and, uh, struggled to kind of string a, a lot of bit together in the second half this year. Um, you know, I think if we were the same team a year prior, we probably wouldn't have found a way to, to overcome some of those hurdles and get into the playoffs. Um, you know, it wasn't easy when, you know, things started to slide and, you know, specifically, uh, you know, our game wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, you know, there were some tough moments, uh, you know, that's part of playing in the NHL and specifically in Canada, the pressure that comes when, you know, there's expectation around your team and all of a sudden you're not meeting it. And the expectation was, you know, because we had such a great first half, so it was it was valid. It was there. You know, everyone knew what type of, I guess, product we could put on the ice. And when that wasn't happening, uh, you know, like I said, the it, it's tough in, in in any market, but you know, certainly in Canada, uh, with our um, passionate fans and you know more media coverage, everything else, um, and the pressure we put on ourselves. So I think for us to sort of continue to stay in it and find a way to overcome that and get into the playoffs and win some key games and you know it was uh, I think a step of growth for us certainly you know I view it as a I guess a journey that's not where we want to be uh you know right now talking in early May but um you know there was a lot of positives and uh you know but I know we have certainly many more levels to get to and and you know that's an exciting thing for me. You know, um, Josh, last weekend, uh, of course, coming out, you know, the unfortunate um, end of the season in game number five, of which you weren't in the lineup for, um, a, a lot was made of, you know, what Rick had to say after the game in the media. Um, but, but you know, and then obviously what we heard from the players on Saturday, um, you know, as one of the players and as one of the leaders, I'm interested, how would you categorize the exit meeting? I mean, when you're sitting down, you go for it. I mean, certainly from hearing Chevy yesterday, you said it was a very different tone Um this year as opposed to last year? I mean, uh, just interested in your perspective on, you know, maybe what fans would be interested to hear about wrapping up the season and what goes on um, when, when you're sitting down with the GM and the coaching staff. Yeah, I think obviously a lot of those conversations are, uh, you know, private in between, uh, you know, management organization and, and, and players. Um, but uh, I would agree that, um, you know, as I said in my last answer, I think we, uh, we really grew a lot as a group this year. I think that, um, you know, a lot of the things that last year we, you know, were, were, you know, we obviously missed the playoffs and struggled. We, we, uh, are struggling to, to find our sort of, I guess our identity. And, uh, I think this year, you know, as our locker room, I, I feel like it's never been in a better place and, uh, you know, collectively as a group, you know, I think a lot of things that we wanted to work on and change and, and whatnot have, have really come to fruition. So, um, I think that's the positive side, the negative side, or you know, I don't even want to say negative, but the room for improvement obviously is, you know, for myself as someone who's been around and, you know, I signed, uh, in Winnipeg, uh, for another five years. I mean, I want to have a chance to win a cup. Um, you know, that's why I play the game and certainly, uh, you know, I feel like I'm in the prime of my career now and, and, you know, I want to, I want to go after it. I want a chance to win. You know, I believe in our group. So, um, you know, you want to figure out how we can get 
you know, over those hurdles and, and get to the next step or the next level and become a team that, you know, has a chance to win. I thought, I felt we did this year. Um, obviously some unfortunate injuries and tough luck in the playoffs, but, um, like I said, that's, that's my biggest, biggest goal. And I know, I know that's the goal of the organization. So, you know, it's about having those conversations to try to figure out, um, you know, what we need to improve on and work on to, to get there. Um, Josh, I mean, obviously a lot was made of, uh, you know, bones sort of, uh, erupting after game number five, we heard quite a few interesting comments from players and, and a lot of people have made this out to be, you know, that there are huge, you know, gulfs to cross or, you know, to bring back, I I'm just, as a leader of this team, potentially the next captain of the club, um, how, what's the most important thing for this team to do kind of over the off season or coming into training camp next year? to move on from that and uh and, and if anything hopefully um, use that as something that can make the club better and more resilient yeah i think uh first of all it's a emotional game and it's uh emotions are running high after after every game wins or losses but certainly um you know losing and having the season be over um so you know i understand that i'm an emotional guy i play with emotion and uh, sometimes it gets the the best of me. So, um, you know, to me, uh, you know, I, Bones has addressed a lot of us, and uh, I'm sure he's spoken every player on the team. Um, you know, those things are are conversations for guys to have uh, with him, and for I guess him to have with the players as well. And um, you know, obviously, something like that happens, it uh, gets uh, you know a lot of coverage in the media and and in the press and. Um, you know, I think that's just part of it, but, um, you know, for us, I don't think that's going to be a factor for us moving forward as the, as a team or, uh, anything like that, you know, it's the end of the season. I'm looking forward already to next year and, um, you know, how we can improve as a group, how I can improve as a player and how our team can, can, can take the next step. So, uh, you know, I think a lot was made of it, and and personally, yeah, like I said, Bones is a great communicator, and I'm sure those things, if they need to be, will conversations will be at. The other reason why we wanted to have you on today, Josh, was uh, to personally thank you for being involved in our Unsung Hero program, along with our friends at Wallace and Wallace, great sponsors, and uh, of course the Dream Factory, and uh, a perfect way to wrap things up. Uh, first of all, congratulating our unsung heroes, and thanks to all the Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners that nominated people in the community, doing great volunteer and charity work. Um, we had so many great nominations, and uh, uh, again, a quick shout-out to our unsung heroes, Paulette and Peter Cole, Mark Hache, Pam Bartkowski, Derek Helgeson, Tony Valeri, and Dana Ray. And uh, part of the program was that, um, you know, Wallace and Wallace was making a $500 donation for each of our nominators from Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners to the Dream Factory. And uh, of course, incredible, generous matching uh, by you and uh, your wife, Margot Josh. Uh, and we figured to kind of wrap this up, we'd also um, bring in uh, Andrew Cussey from, uh, from the Dream Factory. And uh, Andrew, great to have you with us. And um, obviously, uh, it's been great to work with you and Wallace and Wallace through. And uh, I know you've had the pleasure of working with Josh for a long time on not things like this, but also making uh, you know impactful memories and uh, moments for uh, young people in the community through Dream Factory events. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for 
one for having me today, but for for this entire promotion to to you, to Josh and Margo, to our friends at Wallace and Wallace. It I can truly say that it means more to us now than it ever has. Uh, the Dream Factory, for those who don't know, we're a Manitoba-based organization that makes dreams come true for kids in our province that are battling life-threatening illnesses. Every dollar that we raise stays in our province, and it, it really is simple in that we meet with kids, we ask them what their biggest dream is, and really whatever they say, we do our best to get out there and make it come true. So we're coming off our biggest um, kind of first half of a year in the organization's history, demand for dreams come true has never been higher so to have the support from from you from the listeners from wallace and wallace and from josh and Margot, it means the world to us yeah i mean i think people are familiar with the incredible work that you guys do in the community they might not be entirely familiar with everything josh does behind the scenes and that you, you know, Josh, uh, first of all, I know our unsung heroes are going to be uh, incredibly proud wearing those autographed Morrissey jerseys, and we can't thank you enough for that. But uh, also just to be involved in this. And uh, we figured this was a great time, you know, with Andrew here. Um, to First of all, thank you, but also uh, talk a little bit about your experiences with the Dream Factory. And I, I was reading through some of the uh, experiences you've done with the kids and I mean, that Caden who came in and practiced and then went to the game and you see, he wanted a goal and you scored the OT winner. Uh, I imagine, I mean, there are ups and downs and we talked to some of those and that goes with professional sports, but I imagine this is a great way to, you know, obviously give back, but also maybe keep grounded through the highs and lows of uh, of an NHL season. For sure. Um, you know, it's it's been uh, just a, an absolute pleasure to, to work with the Dream Factory and, um, I mean, selfishly, I, I honestly feel like I've gotten more out of it uh, personally than um, what I've been able to provide. It's uh, it's just it's there's nothing else quite like it than when you see um, you know some of these these kids and their families and uh, when they're able to have a dream come true or you know meet their favorite player or in some cases like like you mentioned skate with the Jets or uh, things like that that uh, you know are just incredible and. I mean, it makes you so thankful, um, you know, for uh, the opportunity to play in the NHL and I get to live my dream. And um, it's just, it's pretty cool. I mean, I answered one of the questions earlier, you know, how, um, you know, passionate our fans and the community of Winnipeg is and what it's like playing in Canada. You know, there's more spotlight and pressure and some things like that. But um, there's also, I think, some amazing things like, you know, the ability to make such a difference in the community and, um, the impact that that has and and it's something that I've always really enjoyed about playing in Winnipeg in Canada and the fact that it it really matters and so um, you know it's funny because you know some kids uh, you know couldn't care less about hockey and it's it's pretty awesome to me to them I'm just another guy and, and uh, it's, it's pretty funny sometimes but um, you know it's just it's just incredible and uh, the stories of what some of these families go through and, and uh, what these kids go through or siblings, uh, you know, it, it sometimes it's unfathomable um, and it's certainly not fair. So uh, for, you know, to be a part of the Dream Factory and, and see them, you know, on their brightest day, having a chance to, you know, live a dream and uh, get to go to Disney World or, you know, all of those crazy, amazing things, um, you know, there couldn't be more a more deserving people kids families uh to receive those dreams so you know the more that uh I, I guess we can can raise and and the dream factory can um 
I guess make happen, uh, the better. It's just, uh, it's, it's one of the most amazing things to witness. That's for sure. And I imagine, I mean, you know, we talk about the, the, uh, the attention and uh, the stress, the pressure of playing professional hockey. I imagine, you know, some of these visits that you go on meeting with kids and what they're dealing with, uh, you know, at hospitals and, you know, at home probably puts a lot of the highs and lows into perspective of what you're doing for a living and, uh, the ups and downs of, uh, the work life that you have. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, perspective is everything and, uh, like you said, I mean, uh, you see what uh, some of the kids go through on a day-to-day basis, what they've been through. Um, you know, some of the stories, uh, I mean, it's just, it's it, it's it's heartbreaking and uh, emotional and um, inspiring all at the same time. And uh, so, you know, also the families, I mean, uh, you know, the financial strain and, and I can't imagine, you know, I don't have kids, but uh, the emotional uh challenge that must be to to see your kids go through some of these things so um like i said the just you have a bad game a good game anything else uh anytime i get to to see the kids and i think that's really my favorite part uh i've talked to andrew about it on um the more that uh the chances to meet the kids and see the kids and uh, interact with them uh it's just it warms your heart and uh it's you know, the, the greatest energy lift you could possibly have. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, uh, and, and Andrew, I mean, from your perspective with the Dream Factory, uh, obviously I'm sure you feel fortunate to have people like Josh that are willing to, do, you know, lend their name and most importantly their time to uh, events like this, uh, sponsors like Wallace & Wallace and the people of Manitoba that continue to support Dream Factory and make these sort of things happen. I mean, uh, maybe just touch on that quickly and let people know if they want more information on maybe some of the, the stories that you guys have up on the website or for instance, athletes like Josh, the impact that they've had and obviously bottom line, how people can uh, help out if they'd like to. Yeah. I think before, I think the first thing to say is just, you know, it's one thing to have a spokesperson or an ambassador, but for us at the dream factory, Josh is truly a, a part of our team and we we're regularly in communication to say, what can we do? How can we, how can we create experiences for the kids? And it's it's never a one-time experience. Like Josh mentioned, he's been with us for so many years. There's kids that he's got to see grow up and and beat their battle with cancer and to see them doing well. And, and for those kids to kind of get to see Josh year over year and have him remember them and ask how they're doing. For kids who are hockey fans, there's nothing cooler than that. And then for folks who are interested in learning more about the Dream Factory and getting involved, there's so many things that we have going on out in community, whether it's hosting a fundraiser, getting involved as a volunteer. All of that information is available on our website, www.dreamfactory.ca. But I'd encourage anyone listening just to reach out to me directly, shoot me a message if you want to get involved, and and I'd love to help make that happen because we right now with uh with the demand that we have there's there's lots of kids in need of a dream come true and and we're happy to bring as many members of our community on that journey with us as we can well i can tell you i mean uh, on behalf of myself and uh, michael for winnipeg sports talk we've been uh, so fortunate to to have the support of wallace and wallace to make this happen to work with you and uh, obviously josh uh, we really appreciate you you know come joining us to talk a little hockey as well but uh, also being a part of this all season long it's been uh it's been a big success. We hope to continue it into next season. And uh, 
uh, it wouldn't have happened without your support. So uh, congratulations on a great season, but a sincere thank you for uh, helping us make this happen for the Dream Factory. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Always great to chat. And um, certainly, uh, again, you know, can't thank uh, yourself enough. And, um, you know, also Wallace and Wallace and the Dream Factory and everyone for coordinating and, and making it happen. And, uh, you know, the listeners support and everyone who uh, was nominated. Uh, we're clearly doing great things and the winners, um, you know, congratulations. And again, just thank you for, for doing what you do and in the city of Winnipeg and Hopefully we can do it again next year. Josh, be well. Uh, good luck with the rehab. Have a great off season. Can't wait to see you and your teammates back here in the peg to get after it next September. And uh, Andrew, continue success with the Dream Factory. Let us know if there's anything else that any way we can help. And uh, a big thank you to uh, the great folks over at Wallace and Wallace for the Unsung Hero program with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, man, that was awesome. Big thanks to Josh Morrissey, uh, obviously for. Uh, his assistance in that program all year long and a huge thanks to Wallace and Wallace for their continued support of Winnipeg sports talk and the unsung hero program. And uh, as I said, check out the dream factory. Uh, There's some really, really neat stories um, of making incredible moments for kids that, um, you know, that need it. Um, And Josh has been a huge part as, uh, as you just heard. Um, Hey, just before we bring in Weber, Barbecue season here, folks, and uh, you need to head down to see our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market with great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products as well. And you can stock up on some delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks for the queue. And a perfect thing to help you digest that red meat, Health First Prime Zyme Digestive Enzymes. Symptoms like heartburn, gas, bloating, abdominal pain after meals may be signs that you're not digesting food well. Health First Primezyme can help supplement enzyme levels to help break down proteins, carbohydrates, fats, lactose, and reduce digestive discomfort. That way you can enjoy that delicious food you're cooking. And if you can't make it down to any of the seven Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online with local delivery options. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives seven Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. How's the closet looking, folks? If you need to up your menswear game heading into spring and summer, you need to head down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at $400 along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles and incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party this summer, talk to Andrew and the gang about uh, getting the whole wedding party hooked up at F. You get 15% off all your suits for everybody in the wedding party. And if you have a 2023 high school grad, get the young man ready for his big day and moving on to the next chapter of his life with a new suit and F apparel. We'll throw in a free custom shirt and tie valued at around 150 bucks. F apparel is at 190 Smith street downtown. You can make an appointment online at F that's E P H apparel.com. And with this gorgeous weather we've been having, it is time to get back to Nick and Nicky DQ if you haven't been there in a while. Obviously, they've got those great burger, the stack burgers, chicken fingers, and more. Incredible ice cream treats and the world-famous Blizzard and the new summer Blizzard flavors are out. Check them out for yourself with your crew this weekend. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and the DQ in Niverville. Big thanks to Nick and Nicky for their great support of WST. All right, let's uh, 
get back to this Jets offseason. And uh, as I said, when we talked to Ken last, it was from Vegas going into game five. Needless to say, that feels like about a month ago. Uh, but Weber joins us now, coming off a great end of the season for Kenny and Rennie. Check out the uh, season-ending program if you missed it. Weber, what's good, man? How are you? Happy Friday, Huss. Uh, great to be with you. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, certainly does feel like quite a long time. I don't think we'll have any uh, blasts in the background here from the good folks getting ready for <laughs> for Game 5 in Las Vegas. Uh, if there are any sounds uh, of that nature, uh, please send help over my way in the south end. Uh, interesting times on the playoff front. And yeah, thanks for plugging the show, Huss. Uh, it was one of the, as you can imagine, uh, one of the largest uh, viewing audiences of the year. Still uh, getting quite a few hits on that uh, after having Sammy the Scarf Cosentino join us for uh, for the year-ender after what was a bit of a let's just say strange ending to the campaign uh, with, with the words from the general manager, uh, certainly causing a lot of, uh, causing a lot of pushback online. Let's go with that. Huss. Uh, in the spirit of the season, let's go with, uh, let's go with the word pushback uh, for the 1 millionth time over the last, uh, you know, eight and a half days here. Hey, shout out to Ryan Pijo, by the way, welcome to uh, the WST team. Thanks for being a supporter. Yeah. How's Rennie doing? Is he uh, calmed down a little bit from, uh, from the end of the season? <laughs> Well, uh, yes, the divorce lawyer was on line one, but uh, we we definitely smoothed some things over. But uh, definitely pretty fired up. Sean's excited. He's he is uh, he's back on reporter duty this round. For those folks who haven't been tuning in to that Vegas Golden Knights and Edmonton Oilers series, uh, he is enjoying enjoying being still part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. As you know, in our profession, you're always uh, happy to get another assignment, uh, even when it doesn't involve the team that you're covering primarily. Uh, spoke with them earlier today. So, yeah, no, things are good. And us, uh, yeah, and we, we're excited. We got the uh, year-end party coming up at Trans-Canada Brewing. We're excited to, to have when you. When is and that some again? Of, uh, May 16th uh, over at Trans-Canada on, uh, on Keniston there, 1-1290 Keniston. Uh, and yes, I, for some folk, we've had a waiting list for for quite a while here. But uh, from talking with Sean earlier today, Huss, uh, there are a few more tickets have opened up. Not not a wide not a wide variety pack, but uh, for folks who thought it was completely sold out and maybe were you know not thinking they could make it, uh, if you send Sean or myself uh, a DM, uh, we might be able to sort some things out here in, in the in the time coming up to the 16th. But yeah, we're excited to have you down there uh, joining us. Uh, should be a fun evening. On Absolutely. the Tuesday, six six to eleven ish, so should be fun. Very much looking forward to that and getting together with the uh, the gang. Uh, just before you get to the Jets, has the uh, the Weebs World Manitoba Golf Tour started yet? <laughs> uh, Huss, if I'd been asked uh, asked I had a dollar for every time I've been asked that in the last let's say two and a half weeks, uh, I'd be I'd be planning for a trip to Pebble uh, right now. But uh, <laughs> there have been uh, no official swings taken on really? the Manitoba portion of the tour. Uh, Huss, I just completed uh, one of the most, uh, you know, grueling pro- <laughs> in our business. One of the most grueling processes, and uh, you know, this is the world's largest violin playing here. Uh, I just spent about four and a half hours uh, working on my expenses. Huss, it is the oh. least enjoyable part of the job, uh, but when that amount starts to get to the point after four or five road trips, it is definitely time to get that in. And uh, I think the good folks at accounting. Uh, at uh, head office at Sportsnet will be thrilled by the time this weekend is over once those get processed. And and we will officially be starting the tour at the latest uh, next Tuesday, I think. So uh, excited to get get out with you, Huss. I know uh, Breezy has opened, I think, uh, some oh, yeah. reviews here uh, uh, coming out of the gates with how things wintered. So 
and I know they got a couple of fun projects uh, on the go as well there. So can't wait to bang it around with you. But yes, the tour the tour will be starting soon. Uh, a couple more loose ends to to sort out. Uh, I've got a column coming up on Tuesday, and then the mailbag that is open it will it will drop on Thursday, I believe. So for those folks, we know us. The folks in the chat room have a lot of questions they want answers to. Uh, fire them my way either uh, via DM or email. Uh, all those things are available at my Twitter handle. And yes, there. Lots of lots of interesting ones, lots of <laughs> angst being shared, but uh, there is still room in the mailbag, and that story will run uh, next Thursday. So, yeah, exciting times all around. And, yeah, we're, we'll, I don't think we'll be getting a ton of answers in the next week or two, but, uh, you know, it's only, as I pointed out in my last column, Hus, only it's now fewer than eight weeks until the draft in Nashville. So uh, this also, we will be bringing some things to a head in the next, let's just say, four to six weeks probably on some of those big picture questions that a lot of people want answered. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. You mentioned that, uh, you know, end of the year, I mean, you're banging out doing all the things you have to do at the end of the season, moving on, taking care, wrapping up loose ends and now moving on to the next stage. I mean, I don't know whether we really need to go back over the last week. Um, you know, the uh, Mount bones erupting after the game and, Everything that happened on the weekend with what we heard from the players and what we did or really didn't hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff on the weekend. But here we are going forward, Ken. Um, you know, and as, as I said, when it came to Chevy, uh, like he wasn't going to say this guy's gone, this guy's here. I mean, I thought it was a missed opportunity maybe to give fans a little bit of a bone of changes that I think are obviously have to be made in some ways. I mean, even if they don't want to just with the contracts. But let me ask you this. I mean. What what how, what is the aftermath of the entire last week for the team? I don't know if we maybe want to get to the organization overall because there are implications outside of the hockey operation. But as it pertains to the decisions the Winnipeg Jets need to make on their roster for next season, many of them, as you mentioned, which I would imagine might take place in the next two months before the draft, how do you see what happened on the weekend and at the end of the season with Game 5 affecting the decisions and the actions of the club when it comes to hockey ops? Yeah, it's a great question, Huss. Uh, if I had the answer, I'd probably be, uh, be working in a different department. But uh, I, I do still have some thoughts <laughs> on the matter, as you know, which is why I'm very humbled that you have asked me. Uh, you know, when it comes to the words spoken, uh, I know that, uh, you know, both barrels were out with many with many folks who write columns and uh, and have airwaves to discuss and in a lot of ways rightfully so uh, i do agree with you that transparency would have been uh, you know would have been kevin Sheveldayoff's friend i believe in the last week or so uh, just in terms of you know yeah you're right us and you've said it throughout the course of the week and i'm not going to you know reiterate all those things but you know just a little bit of glimmer of what the direction might be Yes, we're going to try to sign some of these people, but I think the thing that you know kind of got people up in arms the most, Huss, was that there was no kind of admission that um, you know maybe it was time to make some changes. Whether whether that's your choice or the player's choice, some changes are required to this roster. Even if all four wanted to come back, or all seven, if you want to include Nita Ryder, Dylan, and Dylan DeMello, but the fact that there wasn't even a simple answer when it came to the the direction of rebuild. I mean, we've 
you know, Darren Drager has reported that there's no appetite for a rebuild. Uh, you know, Paul Edmonds has had it in one of his reports, and and certainly it's a it's a it's a belief that I share. Uh, you know, not because anyone from True North told me, but because of what we have witnessed in this market over the course of the last 12 months. To me, Hus, that would have been it. That that's a backdoor tap in. You know, if you're not going to be rebuilding and you're trying to, you know, and Evan was asked directly about hope, Hus. I mean. If you're trying to give people who don't want to rebuild hope, then you say this team is not going to rebuild. Now, I understand you want to leave the door open to a degree in case you're forced to, but at the same time, I just I just felt that the fact that Kevin kind of left the door open to running it back, Huss, I would say that was the that was the one of the issues for people. People don't want it run back, right? It isn't that part of the biggest issue here. This group. Yes, great that they get along again. Awesome. But they haven't accomplished what they are set out to accomplish. And if that's the case, I'm not saying burn it down. Of course not. There are a lot of good pieces for the Jets to build around here. But to leave the door open to run it back, I think, was something that kind of got people a little bit up in arms and 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 rose the temperature, if you will, has to borrow a playoff term. Because, quite frankly, I don't think there is any appetite for this fan base to run it back again. Uh, you know, whether it's not any one of those players specifically, but I think to expect different results from the same group w- would be uh, an error in judgment. So, and I and I can't imagine that Kevin Cheveldayoff actually feels that way. And yes, we understand he likes to keep his cards close to the vest, and that's what he did. But I, I just think there needed to be a concession that some other things would be required in terms of upgrading the roster rather than going, leaving the door open for the status quo to return. Yeah. I, I I'm with you. And again, I, you know, talk is cheap. Does it, uh, as Results, I said, right? it was an opportunity to do something to at least give people some, you know, maybe some excitement, some hope of things that are happening. But I think a lot of that stuff is going to happen anyway. And it's not like this is going to be a quiet summer around the Winnipeg Jets. Um, any other main takeaways from what you heard? I mean, obviously we heard some of the pushback. I mean, to me, it really started with Blake Wheeler, who had some of the most uh, outspoken criticism, if you will, about what uh, Rick Bonus had to say. The other thing that was really interesting from Connor Hellebuck, and, and again, you know me, I'm a big advocate of Hellebuck. I think he's the franchise player. I personally would like to see them do everything to keep him around. I sort of took, you know, what he had to say as maybe a precursor that that would not be happening. I think my optimism level went down a little bit. But the most interesting comment I found was also from Hellebuck, and I don't think that's surprising, was him talking about, you know, the quality of players on the team and in the room. But he was the one that admitted that maybe the mix just wasn't right. Um, What did you take out of that, whether it was those two players or anyone else that maybe – um, helped you write that excellent column coming out of that that I think really nailed uh, a lot of what was not a great weekend for the Winnipeg Jets when uh, I guess maybe we should have expected that. I mean, it was a really disappointing way to end the season and I'm not sure you can kind of completely turn that around in 36 hours before everyone says see ya. Yeah, thank you for that, Huss, for sure. And it, to me, that if I'm Kevin Cheveldayoff and I know that I'm not, that was the alarm being sounded by, you know, Connor's the most positive person uh, in the organization. So when the most positive person in the organization says maybe it's time to change the mix, 
I would say that's a pretty resounding, you know, alarm. Like, like I said, that was the absolute sounding of the alarm to me. And I, maybe it was not Connor's intention, but Connor is very direct in what he says and how he says it. He's a very positive person by nature. He is the same person who said he believed the Jets had the pieces to become a dynasty. And when that person says maybe the mix isn't right together, now that to me is that was the ultimate kind of sounding board um, overall. And us, I mean, you've talked about it during the course of the week, and I felt exactly the same way. There was a finality to Connor Hellebuck's words. Now, it's important to remember that, yes, two days after the, you know, when you're cleaning things up and you just got eliminated, uh, you know, maybe things are, you know, at, at the podium, it's not the best setting and maybe things slip out or whatever else. But to me, he sounded like a guy who, um, if he wasn't on his way out, certainly easily could be. And, and I just think that there was a little bit too much past tense in a lot of the verbiage with Connor. Now, again, like I said, that that may have been unintentional. Uh, but to me, the, the biggest, you know, the other thing outside of him sounding the alarm for Kevin Sheveldayoff and anyone else who is listening that works for the organization was the fact that he said, all I want to do is win cups. And when he looked directly over at Blake and basically said, Hus, now I know what he's talking about. Uh, Blake has been saying since around 2016 uh, that you don't know how many chances you're going to get. And I don't think it was a coincidence that in the same you know scenario, Blake also mentioned uh, that he would not have signed with Winnipeg and signed over the last of his prime years had the Jets not made a run to the conference final and had he not believed that the Winnipeg Jets were capable of raising the Stanley Cup during that five or six year span. So I certainly did not get the sense that Connor Hellebuck was eager to sign on the dotted line, even if the Winnipeg Jets were willing to go, uh, you know, let's just say north of nine uh, and potentially north of $10 million on a long-term deal. Huss, I mean, that, that was my interpretation. And then the other thing to me, Huss, that stood out about Hellebuck's comments was Hellebuck, Hellebuck is the franchise, right? He has been the backbone for quite some time. When the franchise goalie publicly says he's unaware if he's part of the Jets' plans, um, that's a concern because it either means he has one foot out the door or he doesn't believe in A, the direction the organization is going to take, or B, that he believes the organization will pay him what he believes he's worth. And what he believes he's worth is at the Andre Vasilevsky level, if not at the Sergei Bobrovsky or Carey Price level. So now that's where the debate comes. Huss. Now you have a goalie who is about to turn 30 in the summertime. Are you willing to go seven or eight years at north of $9 million? And are you at the end of that contract having the same legacy con- you know, conversations that Kevin Sheveldayoff was having about, you know, Let's face it, he was talking about Blake Wheeler's contract of being a legacy contract last offseason when he stood at that same podium and had quite a little, quite a different tone in his delivery. Yeah, um, Wheeler's a fascinating um, situation with the Winnipeg Jets. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I throughout this season gave a lot of uh, a lot of credit to Blake for the way he outwardly handled losing the C for the way that he played, even for the way that he played in the playoffs, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, you know, at times were missing in action. I don't think that 26 was one of those guys. He was excellent. Um, 
that being said, I think a lot of the goodwill that he may have earned with the way he handled stuff, I think, was erased a little bit by the way he handled the media and what he had to say. Some of the things that you mentioned, certainly the way he started off the the shots at the coach. Um, what happens with Wheeler? Um, I mean, I think that the as far as importance to the club on the ice, it's Hellebach, <clears throat> it's the two centers, Shifley and Dubois. I'm not sure that Blake Wheeler, when it comes to the culture of the club, isn't number one on that list. How do you see this playing out, and what are the options for the club and the most likely result of it, Ken? Yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one. Uh, we know that the two sides considered a divorce last summer, so it's natural to conclude that they will look for a uh, you know voluntary separation uh, once again this year. Um, widely reported by Frank Cervelli and others that the stumbling block last year was the Jets not wanting to retain salary. Now, if the Jets want to trade a trade Blake Wheeler, uh, there is no way other than to retain salary to remove him from the equation. Now, some folks may be saying, well, how about a team that needs to get to the floor? Well, uh, sure, but then the Jets are going to have to include a sweetener. And, and for a team that needs to replenish its stock on the farm, I don't see the Jets being willing to give up a first-round pick to move Blake Wheeler out for one season. I would say it's much more likely than that a buyout would occur. Could Blake Wheeler provide value to a team at $4 million? Of course he could. He had 55 points, and he had six points in five playoff games. So can a team, can a contending team afford for $4 million and change? Well, that's another story. In a flat-cap world, I'm not sure. I would think that some teams would have interest. What's the other, you know, what are the other options? Well, buyout, the Jets have only bought out one player, and that's Mark Stewart. And he was making, I think, Huss 2.65. So it's a big difference buying out one year of 2.65 than it is to buy out one year at 8.25. The other part that we know about Blake Wheeler, Huss, he's played the game incredibly hard. He's played through a number of gruesome injuries, including one that he suffered this year. Is it possible that Blake Wheeler doesn't even want to play next year, or is he physically unable to? He's pushed himself through incredible limits. His pain threshold is, you know, well-documented. But, you know, could the cumulative toll have Wheeler end up on LTIR for one year? Could he go to Robodaw Island? Of course, it's a possibility. Only Blake knows for sure, Huss, right? Um, So that's where the kind of uncertainty falls in there. Does Blake want to be bought out and then have a chance to sign a one-year deal and play for the Minnesota Wild for one year at $750,000 and believe that he could be the piece that pushes them over the top, you know, at a time where they have cap problems? You know, I'm not sure. What I do know about Blake Wheeler Huss is this. The guy loves to compete. He loves to win. And here's the thing about Blake Wheeler. And I've had this conversation with him multiple times over the 12 years that I have covered his, him and learned his story. Blake Wheeler dreamed of playing for the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. He did not dream of playing in the NHL. He was a high school player when he was chosen fifth overall in the draft. You know, could that opinion have changed over the years? Would he would he see this as a way to tie a bow at the end of of a of an incredible career by playing one year at home? I mean, he loves Minnesota. He loves everything about Minnesota. Could that be a possibility? Absolutely. You know, how does Bill Guerin feel? We don't know that either. But if Blake wants to play, I would say there will be a team that makes room for Blake Wheeler. But when it comes to his standing with the Winnipeg Jets, although we heard multiple players say he's still the captain, us, you're right. In order for the Jets to take the next step as an organization, Blake Wheeler needs to move on to another city. And 
play elsewhere because right now the Jets don't have room for Blake Wheeler, the 20 minute a game player on the second line or on the first line. He needs to take a reduced role. His ice time was reduced us at times this year, including in the playoffs. And that produced some of his best hockey. Do I think Blake Wheeler wants to be a third liner with the Winnipeg Jets? Absolutely not. This is a guy who holds himself to an incredibly high standard. He has been the most productive, one of the most productive forwards in franchise history. And I don't think he wants to take on a reduced role with the Jets. He already took on a reduced role when it came to leadership. I don't think he would care to be a third line player with the Winnipeg Jets, even if he thought they could win the Stanley Cup. And quite frankly, right now, the Jets are not a Stanley Cup contender. So if Blake thinks he only has one year left, I think he will be pushing to move on from the organization. Do I think Blake Wheeler will have his number 26 raised to the rafters at some point in the next five to 10 years? Absolutely, I do. He gave his best years to the city of Winnipeg. He was one of the first people to build a house here. He has put his kids through school here. His wife, Sam and Blake are very involved in the community and they will be celebrated for those contributions to the community. But right now, I think that both sides are preparing for moving on. And I don't know what the best way to do that is. I do think that all options will be exhausted and that will be the case. Could I see a scenario where Blake rolls in 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 September for training camp? Sure. It's got to be listed as a possibility. I just, again, think that Blake sounded like someone at the podium who had played his last game. Now, it's important to remember that the legacy question was asked as a hypothetical. So you can't say, well, just because he answered the question, he's out the door. But I would say it's unlikely Blake is back to play another year, Huss. And that's just my that's my gut feeling uh, from covering Blake. I don't pretend to know him well. Uh, he does keep to himself the majority of the time. But I don't see him playing another. I think the next time Blake sees himself with a Winnipeg Jets jersey is when that jersey is raised to the rafters in that building downtown. Uh, I'm uh, I'm with you on that, and um, I mean, listen. I think as this team tries to uh, forge through with a new identity, new leadership, Wheeler's at the top of that list. I'm not sure Mark Shifley isn't um, isn't far off. I mean, those guys have been. Uh, listen, it was the Shifley and Wheeler show for a long time. Yeah. Paul Maurice gave them the keys, and um, obviously Shifley's in a very different situation. There'll be demand for him. Uh, he's on a very affordable contract considering the 42 goals that he put up and before this season, point-to-game production for six straight seasons. The situation is different, but when it comes to... I, I mean, do you share my opinion that he is right there with Blake and if you're really trying to change the culture and the chemistry of the team, he's part of that exodus as well and um, maybe speak to what you believe the options might be for a Winnipeg Jet team and what they'd be looking to get back realistically in a trade for that player with one year left. Yeah, I mean, it's the classic game of chicken that's going to be happening and the problem for Kevin Sheveldayoff, who's known for his patience, Huss, this is one time where, yes, you can't just accept the first deal that comes your way, but you got to be careful because there are going to be a limited number of teams with the funds available to get those players, whether it's Shifley or Dubois or even potentially Hellebuck, if that's where the Jets have to go. So you're going to have to be able to act fairly quickly, identify players that you want. You can't just trade for futures because, as we mentioned earlier, we don't think there's an appetite for a rebuild. You know, what? who those teams are going to be has, also could be dependent on what happens this round. I mean, 
We've often talked about Detroit. It makes a lot of sense to me, not because he just brought up Stevie Eiserman's name and he was a Red Wings fan growing up. If the Toronto Maple Leafs can't get themselves turned around in this next stretch against Paul Maurice and the Florida Panthers, could the Toronto Maple Leafs be looking to try to find room for a $6 million player for one year? Mark is obviously, you know, he's an Ontario kid. Uh, He would have some appeal for them for sure. What about Edmonton? I mean, there are teams that are think that their window is closing, and then there are other teams that think they might be able to sign these guys long-term, whether that's Dubois or Shifley. So it's got to be some combination of present and futures. We've often talked this week about Boston Huss. They could be they could be an option for either Dubois or Shifley if both Bergeron and Krejci are gone. Uh, who would the Jets be looking at coming back? I'm not 100% sure there. If they have to move Hellebuck, would they try to get Allmark in return? Of course, that's a possibility. He's at three more years at $5 million. That makes a lot of sense to me. Is it equal value? I'm not sure. But the guy the guy who's going to win the Vesna Huss, was sitting out Game 7. Now, whether that's because he was banged up and a little bit hurt or because he had a tough series, only the Bruins know for sure. But that's a guy who has some value. He has some you know contract status. So... I do think that Mark is on the move, Huss. I think that Mark, you know, over the years has been influenced by Blake Wheeler. There's no doubt he's been influenced by his leadership style. They were very, they are very close friends. They played together an incredible amount of time. Uh, I don't think that they were going to end up in the same place unless Wheeler is bought out and decides to go uh, on a shorter, you know, on a, a lower, lower wage contract to where Mark is going to end up being. Uh, I do think that Mark is also. I said it this way, Huss. At the start of the year, I thought there was still an opportunity for Mark to play his entire career with the Jets. And, you know, to a degree, there still is. But I, I can't see a scenario where the Jets are paying Mark Shifley north of $8 million for, you know, six, seven, eight years. I, I don't see that right now. Is it possible? Sure. But I, I don't know that it's going to be happening. I don't think it's going to be happening. Um, I do think that Mark, and not just, not just, you know, not just that the Jets may think that it's time. I just think if Mark, uh, Huss, if you're Mark and you look at the way your playoffs ended, dating back to 2019, where it was just on ice disappointment, you have an injury disappointment, you have a suspension disappointment, and you have another injury disappointment, and stuffed in the middle, you have a non-playoff team season where you basically said you weren't sure you wanted to stick around much longer. Uh, so for me, if you oh, look let's at not that, forget about the end of this season as well, because I think sure. that's a big reason why Rick bonus made a point of mentioning what happened in the second half, because this was for not sure, just us. about a couple of the players that played in game number five. This was a couple of the central figures in the slide that happened again last season. And Mark Shifley was, uh, well, maybe the central character in all of that, especially considering the way he reacted to uh, the benching in Carolina. Well, and I would even say Mark's been in the crosshairs, uh, you know, for sure since the benching for absolutely. Uh, the fact that, you know, Rick even publicly said the catering, you know, when Mark doesn't want to play right wing anymore, he can just tug on my pant leg. And then Rick basically saying uh, we had gotten all that we could out of that scenario. Uh, I would say that, you know, if people didn't think that Mark was part of the conversation or the people that Rick was mentioning publicly, they're not paying attention. He certainly was not the only one. The Jets had plenty of players who were missing in action in round one at various points uh, prior to the injuries. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that us, if they're trying to fully change the culture and, you know, we know that Paul Maurice catered to Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. We know that that has been 
when Jeff Hamilton and other people are talking about players who want to dictate who they're playing with, Mark was part of that situation. Uh, Mark was an incredibly productive player for this organization. He will always hold a special place and standing with them as their first draft pick in Jets 2.0 history. But I think, you know, together, I think the organization, if they're trying to chart a new path, I think they're going to go in a different direction. And I think for Mark himself, I think he needs to find out what it's like somewhere else and where he fits in. Uh, we know there's kind of been an undercurrent of Mark believing that he's been underpaid for a long time. Well, Mark is a year away from going to market and, and a team that acquires him can sign him right now. So we'll find out what he gets on that market. I think he will be in demand to a degree for sure. Scoring is an incredibly difficult quality. Uh, I do think that Mark took some strides when it comes to his defensive zone play where there are a few lapses. Absolutely there were, but that's not uncommon for skilled players. And even skilled players who are very good. Mitch Marner had a terrible flyby in game one. Huss, on the same night, he got announced as one of the three candidates for the Selkie <laughs> Trophy. So this is just a reminder for people that see one clip of Mark Scheifele and say, how in the hell can you play that way? Mitch Marner is a Selkie candidate, and he had a flyby at a very yeah. inopportune time. Scheifele, so, not a Selkie candidate. No, no, no. And that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is if Selkie candidates can be made to look that way, imagine what other players among the 700 and change that suit up during the course of the year can look like. Um, I, I think to Hassan, and ultimately this is the other part of the equation. Uh, obviously there, it was a special season for Dale Howarchuk with the statue and everything else. I think whether, no matter what happens Huss this summer, I do think there will come a time for Mark where he looks back longingly and fondly of his time in Winnipeg, but I'm not sure he has a full grasp of the appreciation for what his situation is, is like currently until he goes somewhere else the same way Dale did. Right. Uh, and this is what we've always talked about Huss. When Mark signed that contract, everyone thought this could be the time where, you know, they wished Dale had never left. Now, of course, we know the team left. Dale would have had to leave, of course. But they sought an opportunity for Mark to become what they wished Dale had been, a Steve Eiserman type of player who spent his or his entire career with one organization. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. But I do think there will also come a time where Mark is rightfully celebrated, just like Blake will be. And I think Mark will come back and have that same kind of affinity for the Jets that Dale always had after his career wound up and he became such an ambassador for the program before his you know, untimely passing. Yeah, no, uh, great stuff, Weaver. Uh, I know you got to get to uh, the rink, so uh, I'll let you go. But uh, I'm listen, we haven't even touched on Dubois. And, and really in the next couple of weeks when we uh, have our convos, we can yep. talk more about some possibilities we can get. I mean, today was all about the the shrapnel yeah. of, uh, <laughs> there was a bit of that <laughs> of last weekend. And of course, Thursday night. Um, but it is about moving forward and it is going to be fun talking about some possibilities, some potential landing spots um, with all of those jet players that, you know, potentially could be on the move and what we expect to be a pretty significant off season. Have a good game today. Uh, we'll see you on the 16th at TCB and we will definitely talk with you next week on WSD. Have a great weekend, dude. You too, Huss. Thanks for having me. And uh, just my quick way in here. I know you just had Josh on. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to reveal our ballots yet. But uh, what I will say is, you know, had Kale McCarr played in, uh, you know, even 70 plus games, I would have had him number one on my ballot. But I don't think that missing a quarter of the season, um, I'm just going to say this, I didn't have him on my ballot because he missed a quarter of the season. Otherwise, I may have had him number one. Um, there were a lot of great candidates for the award, including Miro Heiskanen, who is, you know, showing on a grand stage, how good he is. 
Um, you know, it is, you know, in some ways it's tough for Josh. Uh, some people just view, let, let's just put it this way. A lot of people doing a lot of yelling. There are a lot of great candidates. Uh, I had Josh in my top three. Uh, that I will say with confidence, and I had he had a great year, and that is still to be celebrated. We can talk about snubs all we want. Josh had a great year. He was an incredible driver for this hockey team that plays in our community. And here's the thing about Josh. He's still getting better, Huss. So I expect this to be fuel for him. I think he'll have another great year next year. I think he'll be even better next year. And uh, you know, I would expect him to stay in the Norris discussion for quite some time based on the incredible strides he took this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, I'm biased, I'll admit. I thought he got hosed, at least on not being a finalist in the event. But, um, hey, you know what? Um, sometimes it's a little more difficult to uh, do it. And to be honest, the team didn't do him any favors. Uh, you know, if this team doesn't have the second half that they had, yeah. we're probably having a different conversation today. But uh, it is what it is. It was great to have him on and uh, great to have him part of our uh, Unsung Hero program with Wallace and Wallace. Kenny, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week, bro. You too, my friend. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Good stuff. There's Ken Weeb. Give him a follow at Weeb's World and uh, check out. Uh, he did have a great piece. Uh, he had a number of them, but especially coming out of the weekend, if you missed it, check it out over at sportsnet.ca, or I'm sure he'll have a link over at Weeb's World on Twitter. All right, Marvel's coming up. Great to see everyone out here. Lots of folks. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already, and you will need to hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already to be part of our world-famous Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race, which is coming up a little later on in the program. But we're going to do a couple of quick hitters. We've got Andrew Collier from the Gold Eyes coming up for a little bit of a check-in with the ball team who opened up camp a couple days ago and just hit the road today and a Kentucky Derby preview with our friend Kirk Contois from Assiniboia Downs. Speaking of the Gold Eyes, and of course we were all gaga about the big Castillo signing for the Bombers earlier today, Princess Auto. Proud Winnipeg company and proud sponsors of both the Gold Eyes, the Bombers, and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Autos, where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them in-store, two Winnipeg locations, or you can also shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Our friends at Consolidated Supply are ready for spring, folks. They're the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, golf carts, both new and used, and other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. They've also the go-to folks on small engine parts and small engine repair if you need those services as well. Spicy Joe, the entire gang are there to help you, and you can pop by and check out everything they've got going on at their new showroom. We were out for the grand opening a couple weeks ago, which is open to the public at 1395 Niaqua Road East. It's consolidated supply. You can also find out more on everything they've got going on at their website online at CTE. .ca. Well, with spring here, time for another visit to Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest selection of licensed team gear featuring the Jets, Bombers, NHL, NFL, tons of new Major League Baseball gear just in time for the new season as well. Uh, of course, uh, just thousands of options when it comes to shoes, a massive Yeti section, so many great things to help you make the most of both spring and summer. And speaking of spring, new inventory coming out daily. Soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, 
and so much more, not to mention a great selection of bikes. It's all there waiting for you at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Give them a follow on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, as we head into the weekend, only one game tonight. We'll hit the cool bet lines in a minute on that. Uh, but great time to get together for a little Friday sesh at Boston Pizza watching the game. Of course, Blue Jays as well. I believe it's Fishbowl Friday. Uh, but they also have some great new things on their Fanalytics approved menu, including the uh, Beer Garita. You have to check that out in person at your local Boston Pizza. It's all available now. No better place to get together with friends and watch and play off hockey and all your favorite sports than your local BP. And if you are staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Derby preview for a few minutes coming up. But right now, let's head down to Shaw Park. Welcome in Goldeyes GM Andrew Collier for the latest on training camp and uh what we're going to be eating and drinking at the ballpark this season ahead of their home opener on May 19th. Ash, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Ash. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. And uh, I imagine it was great to see all the uh, ballplayers back at the park. Uh, Mother Nature's smiling on you guys for the first couple days of camp. Yeah, I can't remember a couple days that were as good weather as we had uh, these last few days. Uh, I think Greg called Rick and said that he was... Must have been lying to him all these years that training camp in Winnipeg was always cold. It was beautiful the last couple of days. Speaking of Greg, uh, we had a great chat with our new field manager, Greg Taggart, a little earlier in the offseason. Um, you know, this team, uh, this has been Rick's team for a long, long time. Uh, what's it been like with the new boss in town? And uh, how uh, were things greatly different than what you remember under Rick? Uh, tell us about the first couple of days of uh, Greg's tenure. First couple of days were interesting. It's it's definitely a departure from what for from how Rick ran camp and ran practice. Uh, Greg is is very analytical, methodical. He he likes uh, he likes repetition, and his teams have always been at the top of the league in defense. And you can see why the last couple of days he uh, he really puts the work in and and makes the guys work hard as well. So uh, he and uh, new pitching coach Tom Thornton are uh, in with the fellas a uh, couple days, got to get outside. As we mentioned, the weather was great. Um, what about the squad? Uh, obviously, Max Murphy's back. I mean, he had, uh, I mean, he's been one of the best players in independent baseball and was the uh, player of the year back. But uh, tell us about the team and uh, maybe some of the newbies uh, that are here. Uh, some good Canadian content on the squad this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because we don't have a whole lot of returning guys from last year, but we got, like you said, the player of the year last year, Max Murphy. He's back. Uh, Luis Ramirez, one of the best starting pitchers last year. Landon Barasa, one of the Canadians you mentioned. Um, RJ Martinez, another pitcher, our catcher. Uh, Gonzalez is back. We traded for probably the best closer in the Frontier League last year, won a championship with Quebec. Uh, Samuel Adamas, uh, he's here. We got one of the best starters from the Frontier League last year. Tyler Jandron is with us. And then we got a bunch of guys uh, on the offensive side that we're going to see how it all shakes out in these next five days of camp and preseason games. So, uh, you know, first couple days here in Winnipeg, but as is the norm for the fish, usually because the weather is stinking around this time of year, uh, the team heads out on the road. Uh, fill us in on the next couple weeks for the Gold Eyes. 
before you finally get back to Shaw Park and the fans finally get back to the ballpark for the opener on the 19th? Yeah, so like I said, we got two preseason games in Fargo tonight and tomorrow, three games in Milwaukee, and then next Thursday night in Gary, we start the season, which is very appropriate because Greg Taggart spent a long time there, so I'm sure he'll have a lot of friends from his time there coming out to watch him play. We play three games in Gary, and then we go play three in Fargo against the defending champions, and then we're back home on Friday, May 19th. Now, well, we'll focus in on the squad and what happens through the preseason and, of course, in the first week of the year before the 19th. I know you and your staff are getting the ballpark ready for the upcoming year. Uh, how's Craft Beer Corner looking? Uh, we uh, we have our spot there. What that Fill us in on uh, that part of the ballpark as well as um, anything that might be a little new this year that fans will look forward to seeing when they uh, get out there for the home opener in the Gold Eye season. Yeah, either later today or Monday, I'm going to move the draft units from storage up to Craft Beer Corner. It's one of the greatest days of the year, got to be honest. I can feel the excitement in your voice just mentioning that. Plugging them in, cooling them off, getting some kegs in there. Yeah, that's uh, that's good times right there. Uh, Yeah, looking forward to that. We're going to have 15 different brewers featured at Craft Beer Corner uh, this summer, which is more than we've ever had. It's just it's such a great community that that keeps growing every year. Some great great beer out there. So uh, just like last year, we'll have cans of beer from Fort Erie, Trans Canada, Little Brown Jug, and Torque at every game. So ten different cans of beer, and then uh, eight beers on tap. So there will be eighteen different craft beer, local beers, available at every single game. And like I said, if said many times if you can't find one beer out of those 18 beers that you like well then i i don't know what to tell you but uh, (laughs) for everybody well and and i know that you have been diligently working your way through them all over the course of the off season to make sure that we have only the finest offerings for gold eyes fans um what about food? We know Eaton's a big part of getting to the ballpark. I'm always excited to talk to you at the start of the year to find out uh, any new additions. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, the culinary offerings down at Shop Park coming up this season? Well, your favorites are back. The Big Smoke, Mr. Pierogi. Yes. Your, your usual haunts. <laughs> um, but this year, maybe it was because of the feature you did on Instagram of the poutine dog at... Uh, Rogers Center. Is that what it's called? Rogers Center? I still yeah. call it Skydome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm that old. Um, the Poutine Dog will will make an appearance at Shaw Park this summer. Uh, but the newest feature, which I'm really looking forward to trying and watching other people attempt to eat, is the Goalie's Grand Slamwich, which is an entire loaf of garlic bread cut in half, four burgers, Four slices of cheese, two split wieners, nacho cheese, four chicken fingers, four slices of bacon, crispy onions, and spicy ketchup, all for sixty bucks. It's going to be awesome. This uh, this sounds like it is made for multiple people, but you know there'll be a few individuals that decide that they can hit their own grand slam. Like I said earlier, we don't judge. If you want to polish that off yourself, go for it. <laughs> 
Um, listen, I hit the most important things to me and many fans, and we can't wait to see the uh, the team come out. I have to ask you, though, um, one of the things when I was at the ballpark in in Toronto watching the Jays games that that re- it, it really hits you and it's stark is how fast the game goes with the pitch clock. Um, fill us in on the new rules. Pitch clock is going to be in. How might the game look different for fans coming this year? I don't think it'll look a whole lot different other than it will be quicker. And I think Major League Baseball fans and our fans have been saying for years, the games are just too long. When you get to 315, 320, three and a half, sometimes four hour, nine inning games, it's just, it's too long. It's too much. There's too much dead time uh, between pitches, guys stepping out of the box, fixing their gloves, pitchers walking around the mound doing what they're doing. I think it just keeps the game moving, and I think it'll keep our fans engaged. And watching a two and a half hour game, a two forty game, two forty five is so much better than a four hour game. It's it's more interesting, keeps everybody involved. And but we're only adopting the pitch clock rule, same same rules as the major league, fifteen seconds between uh, between pitches with nobody on base, twenty seconds with guys on base, thirty seconds between batters. Um, we don't have the bigger bases. We don't have the ban on the shift. Uh, so it's just the pitch clock that that we've adopted. Well, and that's what people will see the most. I mean, it was stark just how quick everything went, which is an interesting tie-in to what we just talked about with food and beverage. Um, have you moved back last call? Like, will that be at the end of the eighth inning or potentially till the end of the game? And, and I say this somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but... Uh, to be honest, the games were going so quick and people do like to come there and drink. I mean, I was worried about or wondering about, you know, some revenue loss just of time for sales. Um, have you made any decisions on whether that will change knowing that these games are going to be considerably shorter this season? Well, to be honest, our uh, our, our last call rules have always been fairly flexible. So the uh, I, I don't think we need to adjust anything. You can get a beer pretty much when you want well i'll tell you what these games are flying by so uh might have people just hanging out for a half hour afterwards because they don't want to leave the game yet because they just hit craft beer corner for one and uh and are taking three hours to eat their grand slam which perfect i'll come and join them because i i usually make an appearance at craft beer corner after the game is over <laughs> um and recall your gm of the winnipeg gold eyes the home opener is coming up. Uh, well, the season begins on May 11th, but the home opener at Shaw Park is on May 19th versus Lake Country. 30th season right now. Um, Andrew, if people are thinking about either season tickets for their company or maybe a group outing earlier in the season, a mini pack for the family, um, give a quick uh, plug on that, that where you can find out all the information or uh, your great staff waiting to help people uh, get their seats for the year. Yeah, they can give us a call at 204 2273 goldeyes.com has all the information just click on tickets group outings patio outings sky suites we have we added another double suite this year we now have three double suites that accommodate up to 50 people there's a huge demand for that last year so we knocked down the wall between two of the suites and created another double suite but yeah our group uh, group sales coordinators are all ready for those calls well, uh, we got two weeks until first pitch at the ballpark. I cannot wait. Uh, good luck to the team on the road as they prepare for it. And I uh, can't wait to see game number one at home 
under Greg Taggart two weeks today on the 19th of March. Andrew, all the best this season as uh, we get into year 30 of Gold Eyes Baseball now in downtown Winnipeg. Thanks for doing this and have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. Can't wait for Gold Eyes season, May 19th, two weeks today, home opener. And I see all you in chat saying I'm going to need to take on the Grand Slam, which uh, I think we'd need a number of us from the WST chat to take on that bad boy. Uh, but we'll definitely check one out when we're there very, very soon. And yes, we are going to do a, uh, probably do a couple WST nights at the ballpark, but we'll figure out a day, probably into June, let you know about it. And I'll hopefully get a great crew out to join us at the Gold Eyes games. Um, and hey, when we're there, we'll uh, be able to enjoy some little, little brown jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer, including the new generic lager, which you can pick up at the tap room and brewery down on William Avenue. And uh, it's actually out around, I'm seeing, well, I saw it last weekend at the Osborne Tap House on tap. So um, if you're going to some of your local haunts that have great local beer, check out to see if they've got the new generic lager. Of course, you can always get the flagship Little Brown Jug offering 1919. Find out more and check out their entire site with local delivery, littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, we've got that little golf update over at the Wells Fargo. Um, Tyrrell Hatton, Nate Lashley, Wyndham Clark, eight under in, with the lead. Xander Shoffley, JJ Spawn, Justin Thomas, and uh, Adam Scott, seven under right now. Adam Spence in the top Canadian at six under par. Uh, great course at Quail Hollow. Should be a great weekend on the tour. Of course, our golf reports are brought to you by a breezy bend. Open now. Last weekend, officially, one of Manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course, top-notch practice facilities, and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio. If you're thinking about an amazing long-term home for you and your family on the course with an amazing social scene, Breezy's the spot. Find out more at breezybend.ca or call our pal Corey Johnson for more information on becoming a member. And uh, I'm going to probably get out and do a little fishing with Andrew Collier. He's often on the river. If you're thinking about a world-class fishing trip right here in Manitoba where you can be on the water in less than two hours, Aikens Lake is the spot. And as much as the fishing is world-class, the hospitality from the uh, Turen family, Pat, and the rest of the gang there is uh, maybe even better than world-class. Cannot wait to get out there this summer. They are approaching, I think, 90% capacity for booking this year. So if you want to get out to Aikens, either for a corporate event retreat or just a friends and family trip get on it right now akinslake.com is the website and uh, you can also email our pal pit Turen, pit at akinslake.com for more information about booking the akins experience uh very quickly let's get to the uh, cool bet lines uh blue jays in pittsburgh what a season the pirates have had to start off the year did not expect that uh, Blue Jays, though, minus 149, Pirates plus 132. In the National Hockey League, we've only got one game tonight. It's the Devils and the Hurricanes. Hurricanes, a slight home favorite at minus 113. Devils at minus 104. And the club exclusives are a load of number of exclusives, including a few for the Blue Jays tonight. Check those out at the exclusives. And Kentucky Derby odds as well. If you uh, want to do some head-to-head options, obviously closer to race time, they'll have the odds for the race as well. Uh, of course, coolbet.com is where you want to go. Check out the Lock Shop as well. Lock Shop Bets on Twitter as well as on Instagram. 
Dusty and I will be back next week with more episodes with the latest uh, from a sports betting standpoint. Um, we got to get to uh, Kurt Contois, but hit up exclamation mark marbles right now. We'll do the marble race as soon as we are done. Getting ready for the Kentucky Derby right now with Kurt Contois at Assiniboia Downs. What's up, Kurt? How are you? I'm doing awesome, Hustler. Uh, horses are back on the grounds. My winter vacation is over, but uh, usually I'd cry at this time. But with the Derby and opening day only a couple weeks after, uh, I'm really getting excited for it. Hey, just before we get to the Derby, uh, what's going on with the track right now? I imagine this is uh, the crazy time of year. Is everyone showing up? Everyone's getting ready? I mean, now how hectic are things around the track these days? All things are pretty hectic. We have about uh, just under 350 horses on the grounds, which is about equal to last year. But a lot of the horses that will be coming are still running at Fauner Park and Turf Paradise in Phoenix. That meet is ending this weekend. So we'll, we'll expect in the next week and a half to have probably 100 more horses to roll in and uh, somewhere around 500 for opening day. That is phenomenal. Well, uh, we'll uh, spend some more time getting ready for opening day, but uh, let's get ready for this weekend. And the Kentucky Derby was the usual huge field, but that's taken a bit of a hit in the last few days, apparently. Unbelievable. Myself and Stretch, we taped uh, ASD Live Kentucky Derby preview yesterday, early in the afternoon, and since then, Four horses have gone by the wayside. They're scratched, so they won't be in. And one was just early this morning. The nine-horse Skinner was added to the scratch list to make the fourth one scratched. So the three horses that were sitting on the fence saying, please let me in, all three of them are in and going to try and do what Rich Strike did last year, draw in off the bench and uh, try and get all the money. Oh, you mentioned Rich Strike. I mean, that was a historic run for um, one of the biggest upsets in Derby history, wasn't it? Oh, it definitely was. But the race really set up last year for Rich Strike. The pace was absolutely hot. Rich Strike was in his own time zone way at the back. But when the running came at the end, that's where Rich Rich Strike absolutely flourished and uh, got the win at $163. Unbelievable. It was just like a Frogger game at the end, just going through everyone <laughs> and making really it was. to the end. Um, so so set us up. I mean, so now what are we down to? 19 horses, 20 horses for the Derby after the four scratches? Down to 19. This is absolutely unheard of. Uh, I've been out at the racetrack almost 38 years now, and usually you get one scratch. I've seen two before, but never have I seen three or four, and it's up to four right now. So the field started with the extras that were on the outside at 23, but with the four scratches, only 19 will go to post. Uh, tell us about the uh, about the field. Um, I, I guess let's start at the top before we get your picks. Uh, who are the favorites right now um, as we uh, head into the weekend? Well, definitely the favorite will be Forte, the 15 horse. This is a horse that's won six out of the seven starts, looked absolutely dynamite. As a two-year-old, came into this three-year-old season, won his first start there real easy, and then won not as easy, but still won last time out. So he's going to be the big favorite in there. But right behind him, Tap It Trice, the five horse, 
That horse is nipping on the heels. Also has won four out of five. Comes off of three wins in a row, looking for four. So those are the ones who are really going to take a bulk of the money, and then everybody else is going to be the double-digit variety. Now, Kurt, um, I haven't come in blind on this. I've been doing a little recon on uh, the yeah. on the Derby, getting ready for our conversation, and I'm hearing an interesting development with um, Japanese horses dominating yes. in races around the world. And apparently there's a couple Japanese horses in this race. There is. One ended up being scratched. Uh, that was the 20-horse uh, continuar, but there's still uh, Mandarin Hero was the 22-horse, wasn't in, ran absolutely massive last time out against Practical Move, which is another horse that is scratched. But it ran a bang-up race, even a winning race, but ended up only losing by a neck. And another horse that's in there is Dermo Sotogaki, the 17 horse. And yes, these Japanese horses, I used to just throw them out. They were never any good, but all of a sudden Japan makes, made its presence felt last couple of years in the Breeders' Cup, and their program has come such a long way they definitely, both those horses, do have a shot, number 17 and 22. I think I'm going to be riding with Derma Sotogake after uh, hearing about this. And it is a really interesting story. This comes back to breeding from, I believe, a former winner that didn't have a lot of interest on the North American market, ended up going to Japan, and a few years later, a ton of championship thoroughbreds coming from Japan. Yeah, it's crazy how the breeding process goes. Some start out slow, some start out fast, but it, it's the dad and mom combos. That's what it is. You can have moms that aren't that good, so the breeding doesn't take, and then you put that right combination together, and then they just flourish. So the breeding part, that is quite the gamble in itself. Kurt Contois from Assiniboia Downs with us getting ready for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he'll go off around 6 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. Um, so I'm not sure whether you and Stretch have to re-record your ASD live preview, but uh, fill us in on a, a couple of the horses that you're considering to put at the top of your card, Kurt. Well, of course, Forte, you got to look at and up at Trice. Uh, let, let's get away from the favorites. Everybody can pick those as the horses are winning machines. But a horse that I really like is number eight, Maj. This horse has only started three times Won its first start convincingly, but that's a maiden race. Anybody can win those. Then it stepped up and instantly ran against Forte in the second lifetime start. Didn't run bad and got in trouble late. But what happened was then the horse took off again. I like when horses do that. It shows that they have that determination to win. And last time out, went against Forte again, made a power move from last, got the lead, and then Forte took a while to get rolling, but ended up stealing that win away. But I think Madge is just like a really improving horse. And I think that's a great play. You got a 15 to 1 morning line. With the scratches, it might float a little down. But if you're getting 10 to 1, I think this is a strong play. Uh, any other uh, horses kind of further down the odds board that you, know, you might not necessarily be buying, uh, putting a win bet on, but... If you're maybe wanting to make some creative triactors or, uh, you know, a couple wheels and you want to add in a long shot that might jack the odds up, uh, 
any of the other long shots that you think might at least be in contention or maybe getting on the podium, so to speak? See, there is a couple, but you're saying going against the triactor, which is a little bit tougher. Last year, the exactor in the Derby, Epicenter was a favorite, ended up running second. Yes, the long shot ran first. A $2 exactor paid $4,000. <laughs> so if you were taking a $1 exactor wheel, the favorite with all, and then take all on top with the favorite, that would have cost you $38, and he would have got back just over $2,000. So that exactor play is really huge. If you can hit it, there's different ways to go at it. You can do that one horse with all, or you can pick, say, five horses at an exactor box, a $1 one. It costs you $20, and you can still get it that way if you like the long shot variety. But this is a year there is no absolute standout. Nothing that has run numbers off the chart. So I think this is one where you could get 20 to 1 shots running first and second, and that'll play out to an exactor in the 1500 to 3000 variety. What was the triactor on last year's Derby? Do you remember? If the exactor was 4K, I can't imagine what the triple was. I don't remember offhand, but I think it was about the $6,000 variety for a dollar. Well, uh, that's some great betting tips when it comes to the exactors. Hey, just quickly, the Quinella bet. I always do lots of Quinellas where you can get it one way or the other. Is it advantageous to make two exactor bets or a Quinella? Well, a lot of the tracks have gone away from Quinellas. And instead of doing the $2 Quinella, you do an exactor box. So you take one and two, you exactor box it. It could come in either way. Pretty well the same as the Quinella bet. So you can do it that way, but you only get a $1 compared to the $2. But if you're thinking a lot of tracks, for example, our racetrack, as an example, in our exactor pool, you're going to have $20,000. In the Quinella pool, you're going to have about $1,200. So if you have a couple long shots come in, you might scoop the whole pool in the Quinella for $1,200. But if there's only a couple winning tickets in the exactor, you're going to get 10000 uh, I see. Well, that's the sort of advice. That's why we come to the experts. And the experts <laughs> are Kurt and Stretch. You can check them on ASD Live throughout the year on their YouTube channel. We had so many great comments and lots of Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, people maybe make a little wager like we do on HPIBet.com if you can't make it out to the track and enjoy the races with you guys uh, there. Kurt, enjoy Derby Weekend. I know there's lots of work heading down at the track, and I can't wait to see you and the gang May 22nd for opening day at ASD. You betcha, buddy. I'll be there with the headset on and ready to go. I'm going again. My pick right now, officially, Derma Sotogate, the the, the, uh, Otani of horse racing. That's what we need. Now, not to be confused with our favorite horse, Otani from Assiniboia Downs, but... uh, a big performance by a Japanese horse. Wouldn't that be something? I, and and we have friends who like that one, Hustler. <laughs> oh, let's get it. Thanks, Kurt. Have a great weekend. And enjoy the race. You too. Take care, and hopefully you cash a ticket. All right. Great stuff with uh, Kurt Contois. Opening day at the track, May 22nd. First couple of weeks are going Monday, Tuesday, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday throughout the year. We'll get Double D Darren Dunn on before opening day, but... Uh, Enjoy the Derby tomorrow, and thanks to Kurt for joining us. Interesting strategy talk 
between the Quinella and the Exactor. That I think was some uh, some great advice. All right, last call for marbles. If you haven't already put it in, exclamation mark marbles. If you have already, don't worry about it. You're in. Uh, Remo, we've got to add some extra marbles for today. Uh, we definitely need to put in Bones. Bones is probably in for the next little while. He certainly earned it last weekend. Josh Morrissey with us today. Uh, Lucha Castillo back with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, you know, it may be a bit of an olive branch for their success in the playoffs. Pomo and Dave Lowry with the Kraken, I think both deserve marbles today. Anybody else you thinking? Yeah, so I got Bones, Josh Morrissey, Sergio Castillo, uh, Paul Maurice, Dave Lowry. That's correct. Excellent, excellent. Okay. All right. Yeah, and the marble, it's been open the whole time. Uh, you know, usually there's a prompt in the chat that says to do it, but I'm using a different bot today because it wasn't giving me all the names. So people were confused, and yes, I did have to step out, uh, step out for a second. It's been a busy morning at the household, so. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> there has been. And of course, he had to take a shower during that last. No, I didn't as well. shower. That was a one-time thing. I shower in the morning. Every I shower before every show in the morning, to make sure that it's going to be a good show. <laughs> the one time he didn't, there was a bunch of screw-ups, yeah. and that's what forced him to shower mm -hmm. in the middle of the show. That didn't happen. Yes. Car repairs or a start or something like that. Basically, there's been multiple CAA visits at the Remus household today. Um, well, let's get to it. Let's uh, let's fire it up. Um, should we get to Tristan Rivers and then uh, figure out a track or uh, what's going on? I Something got the track you? ready. Yeah, I got to end this quickly because I got someone <laughs> someone here. So let's try yeah. to. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me. Um, before we do this, I got to grab all the names, make sure I have them all. But we we should mention Hus, a uh, big contract announcement in the NHL. Yeah, just former now. Jet Mikey Esamont. Congratulations to Mikey. What a great story he is. Um, put on waivers by the Jets, picked up by the Sharks, played pretty well for the Sharks, just like he played pretty well for the Jets. Ended up being traded to Tampa for Vlad Nemetsnikov, <clears throat> who ironically ended up here in Winnipeg. And uh, there was Esamont playing in the playoffs. I really thought that he'd be there as a bit of a depth player for Tampa. Might not even get in. Well, he did, and he earned himself a two-year deal Albeit, but hey, it's a one-way deal for a guy that's been in the minors the whole time. This is huge. Eight hundred grand next year, eight hundred grand the year after. Um, so, uh, very, very cool story for Essie Mont. Although, uh, uh, I'll be honest, I know he's not a big player, but he, uh, I loved his energy, and that's something that we were missing around here sometimes with the Winnipeg Jets this season. So, congratulations to Mikey Essimont on his contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, we got to bang out this marble race, but uh, we can't do it without uh, first getting to Tristan Rivers, uh, Remo. Be the DJ. Let's get the theme song, and then uh, let's get dropping them. It's Friday. Another week of words gone by. You deserve to treat yourself, baby, an ice cream cake or a bottle of rye. Phone the whole day. Why use effort even for pleasure? Give life like a try. It's time to do a marble race. No skill separated, best to worst. Marble race. Just like marbles with the punctuation first. Marble race. Don't spare for you to 
right, another Tristan Rivers music original, and uh, we are ready to finish off uh, quite a week here on Winnipeg Sports Talk with our marble race. Um, remote, we've got the marbles in. Oh, wow, we've got some wild music in the background to accompany us. Gang, there is a, uh, as we mentioned, sometimes sometimes life enters in, in the middle of work. And, you know, many of us can just, you know, back in the day up, take an afternoon off to take care of a few things. We have the intersection right now of real world challenges for a family man like Michael Remus and the CTO of the award-winning Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast and YouTube channel. And uh, so basically, he is just going to make sure that um, whatever is getting taken care of is getting taken care of, and then we will do the marbles. Um, he did not die. No, we are we are missing <laughs> we are missing all the Remo good comments. <laughs> um, can people, can you all hear me? Or am I muted too? Remus is not muted. He's absent. Yes, it is DEFCON 9. I think it's usually DEFCON 9 when you have a three-year-old and a five-month-old. And then cars that are giving you issues as well. So if you can, just confirm that you can actually hear me. And uh, yes, emergencies. (laughs) That's right. Okay, you guys can hear me. Okay, great. Um... Anyways, we'll get to the marbles right away. Uh, it should not be long. Um, what else? Uh, any other hot takes on the uh, this Essiemont contract? Okay, just you, Hus. Yeah, well, it is just me. He's not here right now. That's uh, it's, This is not a matter of Remus being muted. I'm literally, well, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to all of you. And that is the one great thing that, uh, you know, even when you do need to, you know, kill a little bit of time, take on i mean i'm not going to get into a big soliloquy we've already been talking for an hour two hours today on the program we're actually well past three o'clock we're a little late for the marbles but there was a lot going on if you did join us late get back to the start of the show nice visit with josh morrissey um and again wrapping up really really amazing stuff that he's done with the dream factory and uh, we were so lucky to have wallace and wallace come on board with us and you know decide to add a downtime for them to continue to support us through the winter and uh, put together that Unsung Hero program that uh, we enjoyed doing so much. And certainly, fingers crossed, we can do it again next year with uh, all of the parties involved. Wallace and Wallace, Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey, and, of course, the people at the Dream Factory. So uh, so check those out. Um, as I mentioned, just the one game tonight. I hope New Jersey can win this game. Uh, I After seeing what Jersey did against the Rangers, I would love to see them play into the next round. Uh, potentially against the Florida Panthers. Wouldn't that be wild? A Devils-Panthers Eastern Conference Final? Certainly kind of not what we were uh, not what we were expecting at the beginning of the year. But um, here we go. Uh, certainly not what we were expecting in the middle of the year for the Panthers. The Devils actually had this amazing season. Uh, it's getting close to a pick right now. Total five and a half in that game tonight. Uh, but we will get to it. <clears throat> I see I'm looking, reading some chats. Hus, we need your thoughts on adding ketchup to poutine. <clears throat> I'm not down. I'm not down. Um, I, I remember even in junior high, 
some kids would put ketchup with their fries and gravy. And that, I don't know, I just, uh, fr- ketchup, absolute green light for fries. I just not really mixing it with poutine. I think poutine's pretty good the way that it is. <clears throat> and I sure as hell did not put ketchup on that poutine hot dog. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, Bravo Bry, great stuff about the moose. I'm not sure. I don't know whether we're going to be adding any more marbles. But what a great visit we had yesterday with Jimmy Ligny. And if you missed, I've known Craig Heisinger for a long time. Um, and he really does most of his stuff quiet behind the scenes. The The moose itself has been you know, really his life ever since 1996. And even in his role with the Winnipeg Jets, he does run the moose. The pride that he had yesterday in that video in announcing to the team that Jimmy had won the AHL Man of the Year. Um, It was a special video. The moose put it out. But um, again, congratulations to Jimmy. And most importantly, good luck to the moose tonight. Um, It is going to be tough. They're taking on the Milwaukee Admirals. It's a hell of a team. They've managed to get back-to-back wins in overtime in Game 2 and Game 3. Got a win tonight or in Game 5 to continue this season. And uh, fingers crossed we'll have two local teams playing in the playoffs. Unfortunately, the Jets won't be one of them. But the Ice begin their season, uh, sorry, their championships um, uh, matchup with either Kamloops or the Seattle Thunderbirds next Friday. And as far as the playoff bracket goes there, uh, the T-Birds need one more. They won last night 8-4. So uh, they can ice it and move on to the finals on Saturday, regardless of who wins. Ice at home, games one and two, next Friday and Saturday at the Ice Cape. Tickets went on sale yesterday, so if you want to get some, I'm not sure whether it's sold out already, but you better get on it right now. Um, All right, I think Remus is back. From another shower? Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had what? I'll just be, I guess I got to be transparent because we're on the show. So I had, did the mobile tire change with CAA. They came to my house and swapped out the winter tires for the summer ones. And it was on my wife's car. And it was kind of nice. Like, you don't have to leave the house. They just come and do it. But then my wife went to start the car. And I don't know, something happened, the lights were left on or something, and it didn't start. So then I called CA to come back and boost the car. I mean, I can boost a car myself, but, like, I'm here doing the show, and it's her car. Just want to let everyone know that I am capable of doing that, Hustler. But, um, but uh, you know, I was expecting, like, an hour wait or whatever, you know, because that's what it always is. But I guess it's summer and Friday, and no one's calling CA, so it literally came within 10 minutes, so... Uh, I was poor. I couldn't really cancel it after I called it. So they came yeah. <laughs> at the end and boosted the car for me. So that's Beauty. that's what happened. Well, there's only one thing to do. I would say crack a beer, which I probably will be doing shortly. I but, should uh, do that. Yeah. First, we need first we need to uh, <laughs> like usually by three fifteen. I'm uh, well into weekend mode. Um, we're not quite there yet. By the way, you're seeing this Wendy's. We did also record. I did a a review of the Wendy's Breakfast Baconator today. Um, keep an eye on our TikTok channel. We'll drop that out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess most people saw the poutine dog review already, but um, we'll put that out. Going to add a few more food reviews into our arsenal when things are a little bit low. We know how that gets the views. We are 
listen, we've learned a few things about this YouTube and internet game in the meantime. All right, Remo, let's uh, let's do this. Hop, skip, and a jump. I don't think we've ever done that before. Okay, I'm going to click on it. Hopefully it's good. I got to find it. There it is. Yep, so I, it is. Oh, and I did add in a Jimmy Oligny uh, marble after you oh, said good, that. Oh, good, good, good. Yes, man of the year, Jimmy. That's uh, AHL man of the year. AHL man of the year. Second moose ever to win after the legendary Jimmy Roy. Whoa, look at this one. All right. I am uh, I am here for it. New track alert. New track alert on WST. Hop, this is cool. Skip, yeah. At a jump. This looks I have cool. a feeling there's going to be a lot of casualties on this one. Although, again, I haven't seen it before. So uh, buckle up, everybody. Here we go. It is time after a little bit of a delay, but we appreciate your patience to drop the marbles and get ready for the weekend on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's go. Okay. So this is a big funnel into what do we what call this? What is this, this race? This is a crazy I, one. I, I don't know. What's the where are they going to go? Okay, so they go. They get shot out of this thing. As I said, I think there's going to be tons of casualties. I also think there's going to be like one marble who gets shot out of this thing to the to the finish line too. Ah, well, we'll see. Patrolman Pete, Ice Fan Extraordinaire, MC Stormy in. Now, does everyone just get ratcheted around? There's Candace Jane's getting thrown. This is okay. This is cool. Who is for? Who's going to come out first? TTT be a bone. And Mark Sports Video, they made it. Ryan Dry, Dan Jets fan. Oh. oh, Dan Jets fan's gone. Rain's gone. Vermette. I'm just looking at who's getting bounced. <laughs> Miller time. North End Ninja. Chris Koff. We knew. T. Kota Polly. See ya. Dan Milburn. John. Josh Morrissey. Poor Josh just got thrown over the top rope. For all he's done for the community. Just not, just does not seem right. All right. Mark Sports video is alive. T-Bone is alive. Larry TSG and, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> oh, Larry's gone. Mark has survived. It looks like this is Mark's race to win or lose. And Mark Sports video is in with the win. <laughs> Paul Maurice in third. <laughs> it's everything's coming up. Pomo right now, a podium finish. For the marble race today. <laughs> Dallas Pauls, fourth place. Nicely done. Tackleberry. Tackleberry just won a couple weeks ago. He's had a nice run. Greg Hasbeek, top 10. That a boy, Greg. S. Elder, Zach C., Dave Shakowich, and Herb Sturman. All right, everyone else that's made it coming in. There's Bardot. Dave Lowry. Oh, Dave Lowry just got. Will he come in? Oh. Oh, Dave, you know, what a great, that's a great metaphor for Dave. You know what? He had a, a rough ride. He got bounced out in Winnipeg and yet landed in a great spot at the finish line and now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mark Sports Video, well done. Uh, big thanks to our friends at Shipham and Associates for uh, the new hoodies. Uh, if I owe you one from the last few weeks, I sent out a few emails, but if you haven't seen it, send us one. Uh, and uh, we'll set up a pickup at some point next week. Mark, let us know what your size is. WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com, and we'll get that set up next week for a pickup. Remus is just rolling through. 
We'll see how many people ended up fall uh, ended up finishing. I thought it was going to be about 50-50 from finishing and from over the top rope. What do we got here? There's Bozeman in. Great time with my guy Bozeman last night. Have a great trip, Sean, out to Europe. We'll miss you. I have a feeling you'll still find a way to enter in the marble race from Europe. Oh, actually, 155 actually made it through. So uh, only about 60 or 70 got thrown over the top rope. There's Dave Lowry and Derminator, our final, final marble. Uh, wow, it's been a long show today. Uh, we do got to get this podcast up, um, but we appreciate your patience while uh, Reem had uh, a car issues to take care of. Um, and hey, thanks to all of our guests today. Kurt Contois, check out the Derby tomorrow. Uh, if you want to get ready for Manitoba uh, AS down season and bet on the Derby, hpibet.com is the place to do that. Um, of course, Andrew Collier, good luck to the Gold Eyes hitting the road right now. They'll be uh, starting the preseason next week. Season starts on the 11th, so that's, uh, what, that's six days from now. And then home opener two weeks today. And, of course, Josh Morrissey, if you missed that first half hour of the show, we got into it with Josh. Thanks again to Wallace and Wallace for the Unsung Hero program. Great way to wrap it up today. And our guy, Kenny Weeb, who's... Uh, just on his way to play some hockey this afternoon. Uh, been a great week, folks, uh, and we're not going anywhere. Uh, this offseason is just getting going. We'll have much more in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the offseason. Bomber training camp starting in just a few days. Gold ice season. And, of course, playoff hockey for the Moose. Good luck to the Moose tonight. And the Winnipeg Ice will be a big topic next week, getting ready for hopefully the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Lambeau. Jets first-rounder, Brad Lambert. Dob. For Remo, I'm Huss. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday, 1 o'clock, right here on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.